This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What is going on, guys? Welcome back. It's 2022. This is the first podcast of the year. You are tuned into The 20 Podcast. I am DJ Spider. DJ Spider. And this is sponsored by BeatSource, the music streaming service for DJs that play everything. Visit BeatSource.com for a free 30-day trial, and I'm pretty sure if you enter uh, our code, THE20, you will get a free 60-day trial. So go try that out. Enjoy it. I've been using it and loving it. Um, There is a lot going on in the world. Like I said, it's 2022. Omicron is taking over. Uh, Some gigs are getting canceled. Places are back on lockdown, while others are wide open, and us... As DJs, we're adapting as needed. As always, you know, we read the crowd, we read the room, and we read the uh, social situation and adjust as we need, guys. Getting back on Twitch, doing whatever you got to do. Let me know how you guys are loving the show and what you're thinking. Uh, And talking about adjusting to the world, our guest today is coming from Toronto, which is in lockdown, and he tells us all about that. But our guest today is someone that has been amazing at pivoting and doing things like that. We've got someone that, um, he represents real DJing, but he also wears many hats. Uh, You know him as an international touring DJ, a music producer, a recording artist. He runs his own marketing and design company, as well as his own record label and lifestyle brand. He's been the official DJ for the Toronto Raptors for, get this, 17 years. I don't know if that's one of the longest sports DJs in the game, but it sounds like it to me. Uh, And you get to check out his amazing championship ring on this episode if you're watching on YouTube. His positive attitude and his years of experience lead to many inspirational gems that are dropped on this episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it, so let's dive into it. Please welcome to the show, Four Corners. We are here, guys. First podcast of the year. It's the 20 podcast, and we got Four Corners on the show. Please give it up. Yeah! (laughs) Hey, there's the applause. I was waiting for that. There you go. There you go. Come on. Even I, I think Snoop's How are, are you Blah, doing, man? Oh, yo. I am uh I don't know. I think how are you doing is is it's in 2022 is coming back to a loaded question because <laughs> I am good, <laughs> but there are crazy things happening in the world. Uh before we talked, yeah. you know, we'll see when this if if this conversation gets dated after a few weeks, but um Definitely had some gigs cancel and a lot of crazy things happen um, today uh, because of COVID. So 2022 is starting out on a weird note, but overall, I am good. And how are you? That That's a legit answer. I feel like I've been urging my friends to not give me the, oh, I'm fine. How are you doing? R- right. Response that we just auto respond. <laughs> yes. Actually, tell me how you're doing. And you just did. I'm doing I'm doing my best yeah. to keep a positive attitude. Where I inter- I'm in Toronto, and our entire province, state, is on a severe lockdown as of today. Actually, <laughs> it feels it feels like it's been in effect for a while, but like they just up the ante today. So oh restaurants, clubs, everything is closed again. Gyms, all that stuff. For what they say is going to be three weeks, I don't believe anything they say. I mean, and, uh, um, 
Jeez, we gotta give it's, it a. We gotta give we'll it. We'll see what happens. We we'll gotta give see it what this. happens. <laughs> That's the official COVID sound right there. That's crazy. Serious. So yeah, I had read that Toronto was going into some sort of lockdown. I saw you post, um, you know, for everyone listening, you're the official DJ of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, and yeah. I saw you post uh, that you were DJing to nobody in the stands. Um, and yeah, you know, no crowd. That, so, as of last, wow. Yeah. As of, I mean, we started the season great. We were back in Toronto. Our team was playing in Tampa all of last season because of COVID and the border was closed. Wow. So they just we're the only team on this side of the border. So we set up shop in Tampa. I didn't go, but the team went. I Crazy. sent mixes. It sucked. <laughs> but <laughs> oh my um, god, we're back home. We're back home this season, and like right more more of this. But at least we're home. That's the bright side. We're home, right? But we're playing in the arena with. First, we went down to fifty percent capacity, and now we're at zero percent capacity. Oh my it's god, it's weird, man. It's weird, but. It's actually kind of fun still for me. I mean, I'm there just playing music. I don't have the energy of the 20,000 people that I'm used to. Yeah. But neither do the players. But it's like really now, really, really my job to build a vibe. And it's been fun doing that. That's great. I mean, that's good to hear. And I mean, I think, and going back to your original thing of saying not giving the answer of just like, life's good (laughs) out here grinding, you know, like we're actually human beings going through things. So like, and and you seem like a very positive person from your persona. I try to be, you know, and I try to be too. Um, but for us to say that we're trying to keep it positive with this is (laughs) like, damn, we're the two positive guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard, but like you, you know, I guess the positives are, look, we've been through this. Thankfully we know how, to respond in a way we've got a lot of different tools at our disposal now we know how to yes. utilize all this technology there's so many things we've learned and there's so much stuff that we can take away from it and we also know not to listen to like you said we'll be closed for three weeks we know that could mean two yeah, years no. or two days yeah, we don't no. even know anything anymore not at all and and i think that we're better equipped to deal with it now or at least i feel that way about myself i Me feel too. like i saw this coming and it wasn't like oh man here we go again it was like more like okay what's the next move yes that's how yes. i feel now so like it's still a bummer but like at least i kind of can plan ahead it's and so figure true. it out yeah versus literally having no idea what's gonna happen right it's almost like those other, yeah, you, you get motivation in other ways. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, you can go. Like, I've seen you killing it on TikTok, and I know that kind of started happening. That's new, yeah. Yeah, exactly. New thing. So, in a way, it's like, okay, motivation. Let's go into TikTok. Let's go into this mode. I know that you're producing now. You're making songs. Like, there's so many things that probably came out of the pandemic and things that you had planned for before that you were busy, too busy to do that you could work on. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's the positive part. If we getting shut down, we got a lot of other (laughs) things to work on, right? Twitch, the silver lining. No, the silver lining is time. Honestly, it's time. Yes. Like we, you know, the out here grinding, you said it before, we're (laughs) used to a really hustle and bustle lifestyle. And like, I, as well as you, as well as a lot of our friends, spend a lot of time on planes usually and like yeah. traveling all over the country, around the world, doing gigs and not having a lot of time. And now we got hella time, man. We got so much time. We got hella time. And I've had I've had enough time to 
work on some new things, to learn a lot of new things. And I've had time to do absolutely nothing and just like relax and rest. Yeah. Which, which is need. not something that I'm really used to. <laughs> yeah. No, no I'm, but I'm people not need mad at that. It. People need that. You know, we got You got to take some time to yourself. And yeah. I think that can help you more, you know, more than you realize some of the time. And so, like you said, yeah. Toronto is locked down like that's kind of crazy because even here things are getting canceled and I had a lot of gigs get canceled as of today and this week, but still mm. nowhere seems like it's going into lockdown. Like I feel like nightclubs are going full force festivals going full force <laughs> weddings. It's only like the corporate gigs that seem like they're shutting down at least on this side of things. Why do you think right. they're doing the full shutdown in Toronto or what is, what are they saying? Um, well, the, the short answer is our leadership is trash okay. like specifically in this product. And I'm not even like, I'm again, I, I try to be a positive person. Yes. I think that I'm a positive person. I think you are. I give the benefit of the doubt. I gave them the benefit of the doubt two years ago, but we're two years in and they're still making the same decisions that they were making then, even though we have way more information now, it's just not, it's not it, man. So like, right. Even looking across the country compared to like. This province and Quebec, where Montreal is, yeah, we're on severe lockdown. The rest of the country is open. That's crazy. I Explain know, but, that. but same. Explain that. I know population, whatever, but like it really doesn't exactly make sense, and therefore I've yeah. lost faith in the logic of right. it all. It, it, well, it's and crazy. Just, yeah, we're in Los Angeles, Texas, and Florida are open, and not that anyone's right or wrong. It's just that it's it's insane. Like you said, we have the same kind of thing here, and it's 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 hard to figure out, it's, but. Um, it's i've I've let go of the feeling of it's got to make sense it really doesn't have to make sense because it's not making sense and it's not made sense for a long time and yet still we're here so yeah we got to make the best of it and do what we can i'm currently only reason i'm in toronto right now and not off somewhere else in the world where they're open is because of my duties with the toronto raptors and i love working with the team i've been the official dj this is like season number 17 for me i've been 17? there for a very That's long incredible. time honestly i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i mean i i helped build the role for we didn't there wasn't there wasn't a thing there wasn't a thing before. 17 years but, ago you did not really hear of djs in sports teams to my knowledge right i i don't think i did to my knowledge prior to uh, prior other than me at that time prior to me like the the godfather of this shit is dj Irie with the miami heat he was the first as far as i know in the world right sports team official djs and right i think i'm the second unless there's somewhere else in the world that had it like at least in north america i'm the second yeah Irie was the first it's because of Irie that i got my position because the higher-ups at the Raptors saw him and thought that would work here. And through a series of events, I uh, I ended up having a shot of doing it. Oh, that's incredible. That's so cool to know. And, I mean, Irie's a legend. like Legend. One of the greatest, nicest, best people out there. Great DJ, you know, ultimate uh, business person. I mean, he's incredible. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And always – Willing to look out and help people, which is Always. really dope about him. One of the nicest yeah. people. Salute like Irie. The first time I met him, I it was so long ago, and I had won a contest where I got to go to Winter Music Conference and open for Mark Ronson and DJ AM at Mansion, and the other two DJs oh. were Mr. Mauricio and Irie. 
And I remember meeting him. I'd never met him before. And he was like so nice. He like embraced me. And he's like, I'm so proud of you. Uh, and he was like saying all this stuff. I'm like, you don't even know me. And like, I love you, man. Like, I felt like he was like, you know, my dad or something. It was crazy. Um, but don't you feel like the DJ community should be like that? Like, yes. shouldn't we treat each other this way? A lot of totally. us do. A lot of us do. You and I are, are two of those kind of guys, yeah. too. I know. Like, I, I love seeing DJs come love up. It. I love seeing people decide to become a DJ. I think it's the greatest thing in the Me world. Me, too. So I'm excited for people. And I know you are, too. So, like, Irie is definitely one of those few gems that, like, he's not looking to just grab as much as he can. He's like, he understands that there's enough for all of us. Yeah. And that it's a great thing that we're doing so there should be a lot of great people doing it and doing it the right way yeah that's true yeah shout to Irie, and that's incredible 17 years i see the ring on your finger yeah. when you're moving around um i had to put the ring on you know <laughs> you know that's amazing even in the house I oh wear the that's ring dope yeah you gotta wear it you gotta wear it um even though Kawhi ended up coming over here you know but uh <laughs> yeah but he didn't do what he thought he was gonna do he should have stayed at least one more year I, I think. agree whatever I, I, we'll I, never know I have to agree we will never know <laughs> we will um, never know that's amazing well for the people that uh don't know like we said you are the official DJ for the Toronto Raptors and you do so much more you're an international touring DJ and uh, you truly have played all over the world. And I know that has a piece of kind of why you're called Four Corners and Four Corners of the World. And I think it's such a fitting name for you. And um, you've also moved from being, you know, an open format DJ into a music producer, a recording artist. I saw I heard the song you put out. Um, I saw you playing it at the arena you know it sounds really dope and i i know you also do graphic design you have a marketing company you have a record label a lifestyle brand um you're a tiktok star now uh you're doing <laughs> <laughs> aspiring tiktok star you put aspiring it, I, you know I what think you're gonna get there you i mean put i in do the work i mean you're doing good i uh, thank you thank you i mean yeah i wear a lot of hats i i i just love what i do and i love the business and i love yeah doing the things that i do Everything that you see me doing, I love that shit. It's not, I don't do anything right. just because I've designed my life in a way. And I figured this out a long time ago. And I'm so happy that I had the guidance to like be shown this flex. Yeah. It's like we're only here for as long as we're here for. We don't know what it is. Yep. Why spend any time doing things that you hate or don't like? Why don't yeah. you do like take that time and spend it doing the things that you love? So I've figured out a way to finesse the things that I love into situations that I can get paid and get flown around and stuff. Yep. And like, that's been the goal. And I'm just like, everything I do is working on leveling that up to, uh, to do more. But the TikTok thing is like, it's seeming like it's the next thing. It's it like a it's, really, yeah. really important thing in the entertainment business and in music. And I, for a long time, I mean, I know you're on TikTok too a bit. I didn't know what the hell, like where I fit in. I didn't know what the hell. I'm not going to do dances. Right. And like, you know what I mean? I'll be I'm honest. Not, I'm still figuring out my place in it. And it, it's funny because it seems like the kind of platform I would love. Like I loved Vine. I love all of those. And I uh -huh. just really had a great time doing it and making the magazine faces and any kind of stupid fun <laughs> thing I can do. But it didn't translate perfectly over to TikTok, and it felt like a lot more work, and I did that whole I don't know thing. But lately, I've been trying to get more and more into it, and I'm going to dive in. I've seen how you really 
go with the trends and sort of watch what's happening on there and try to produce things that seem authentic to you but fit in in the right way into the platform yeah what i've learned and i've had a little i've done i've done some studying first of all like i joined i signed up for tiktok i don't know two years ago maybe right me too posted maybe maybe five videos in two years like yeah. nothing a lot of substantial DJs, at all you know yeah because we don't know what the hell we're doing on there like it's right. a totally i've learned in like i started going hard at it in october i just decided okay. the season's starting I'm going to start doing some basketball-related content. A lot of people love the Raptors. Maybe there's something there. Yeah. Um, and it, it's that's working, so definitely I was right. <laughs> yeah. But in that, I've learned that there's, like, it has its own language. Like, you know Twitter? Yeah. What works on Twitter doesn't necessarily work on Instagram. Right. That doesn't necessarily work on Snapchat or Facebook. or Like, each one of these social platforms has their own culture. Yeah. And I've I had a, lot, a hard time figuring out the TikTok culture until I kind of... I, I, I think I'm learning the language right. is what it is right now. You know, it's funny. It's like almost uh, DJs have this innate power within them as much as they don't want to admit it to do that because we're used to reading the room and going into so many different situations and knowing how to adjust. Yeah. And so the DJs are like, well, I just can't do TikTok. It's like, okay, <laughs> well, then you can't go DJ that room. Like, in a way, you have to figure out how to read the room on that platform and, and on all the platforms. If you just post this, like you said, the same thing on Instagram as you do on Twitter, it's not going to translate. You have to talk on Twitter yeah. a certain way. And if you don't want to put in the work for that, fine, but for sorry, sure, this like is I said earlier, like you got to do shit that you enjoy. Yeah. If you really don't enjoy it or you convince yourself that you're not going to enjoy it, then sure, yeah. don't do it. But it's a missed opportunity because we're in music and TikTok yeah. is like, the most music forward social media platform that there has ever been. Yeah. It's like all centered around music. Right. So it's and, a perfect and it's everything. For us. It seems like it's all the different ones put into one and it's it has the potential to really grow and even come into this quote unquote metaverse thing that everybody's talking about where, you know, in a way we're in the metaverse by DJing on Twitch and by doing these yeah. these things. But TikTok seems to have these interactive things that even twitch and some things may not have where when i see people going live on there and and interacting with the stickers and battling and i think it's only going to grow and get bigger so and it's a way to yeah, grow that, quickly that, uh-huh that aspect of it which like so much there's so much going on yeah very very chinese like <laughs> have you seen the chinese social media app? there's like so many platforms over there you're right that like i tour i tour asia a lot okay. there's some shit that i look at and i'm like yo how do you even understand what's going on on your screen there's right so like much that happening. shopping thing i had seen a couple years ago yeah. where they have live shopping and they have people going in all the stores and you can pick who you want and they'll buy you things like almost on their instagram Dude. live it's not instagram but yeah they're way ahead of us in a lot of things in that respect yeah and tiktok has some i mean it's, it's originally a chinese company yeah it has a lot of that integrated into it, but the potential is like, I, I feel like I talk about TikTok so much. <laughs> I'm just trying to get all my creative friends to take it seriously because there's opportunity there. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very clear. There's opportunity. You just got to figure out where you fit in and how you speak the language. You got to just, you know, right. figure out what it is that you can do. That's real about you. That makes sense there. If you can do that, you're good. I know so many people that are just, using it so well like especially artists like singers and rappers yeah do you i know a few in particular that like are literally building their careers 
right. using that platform. And it's translating to streams. It's translating to shows and brand deals and increasing followers and their other stuff. It's just, it's yeah. really where it's at right now. And DJs, so if you're a creative, producers. Yeah. Yeah. If I you're agree. a creative and you're not on TikTok in 2022, you're, you're missing an opportunity get on there and just figure it out you're man. inspiring figure me i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go harder on there and yeah. uh get i my like the 360 videos. cam stuff you do though that's dope thanks yeah i mean like, i've been in that I, experimental thing i'm like all right i'm gonna make some videos like this i'm gonna make and see kind of what gets response and i have noticed those do well and trying to yeah you know but that's the right way i was right. taught that too i i actually i'm, I'm in contact with um the the people at tiktok canada oh, cool. and they just sent me a bunch of suggestions on people in my niche oh nice <laughs> it's all about niches on tiktok yeah so my niche is like obviously it's music but like dj related and i have basketball i have a few things going on that translate well on there um but they i i was shown the flex like yo try a few things and see how they were and you got to like not just try it one time you got to give it a go a lot and i know a lot a lot like a lot yeah like it's it sounds daunting when you tell somebody yo you got you should post three times a day right that sounds absolutely ridiculous if it's not your full thing or but if you're I not do, you know what i mean it's i guess one advantage is that tiktok is so hard for your video to be seen or so easy so if yeah. you post a bunch of crap don't worry about it because no really no one's gonna see it and then no if you do post until, something unless good everybody does yeah so people are gonna see the good video and people yeah. and you don't have to be embarrassed of posting the bad ones because really nobody's gonna see it <laughs> and doesn't then you can, matter honestly that's the truth for all social media it is. in my in my opinion i've been to some like seminars and some panels and stuff and i've heard people legitimately like pine over social media posts and be like oh if you put it up and it doesn't do numbers or if it doesn't, people don't respond. Well, you, it's okay. You just take it down. I'm like, that's not how I look at things. That's not how I do things. I do things to say something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do things to like, what am I trying to say? What am I trying to get across? If I feel like I've gotten that across and a lot of people didn't see it, yeah. a lot of people didn't see it. No big right. deal. But I'm still, it's still, I still wanted to live there because I said what I said. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm putting who I am on the platform and i'm not going to take it down because people didn't like it right i'm still that guy yeah and you know what i mean at some point people may see it like it's the same thing with music i've learned that too in the past two years more than ever if you put out a song and it doesn't go crazy with streams that's fine yeah. because you put on another one and you put out another one and at some point whenever people find you for whichever song it is they can check out the other ones. They're still there. Like yeah. you're not taking a song off of Spotify because it didn't do good first week streams. Right. Right. Same, same philosophy for social media. You yeah. don't take down a picture because a bunch of people didn't double tap it. So what? Right. Do you like the picture? Cool. Well, it's like Lizzo, Truth Hurts. You know what I mean? That was around for a couple of years before it was even a big song. Um, exactly. And there's a lot of things like that. You know what I mean? Like even remixes I've done. I did this remix in 2015. A lot of people heard it and I thought everyone had heard it. And even in the past couple of years, people were like, oh, I like that remix. I'm like, I figured all the DJs <laughs> had like heard it, played it and stopped playing it. You know, and like you don't know, like you said, you just no, got to keep, keep doing it. Um Everything and, is new to people who haven't experienced it yet. Yeah. And as creatives, it is our duty to put dope shit out into the universe and let it be what it is. Don't take it down because you didn't get the response that you 
hoped for right, right. away. If it's dope, it's dope. You know what I mean? The same yeah. for the same reason. We're gonna talk about TikTok again. <laughs> On TikTok, songs from the seventies are going viral now. Right. Yeah. It's so true. not every song, but some songs. Yeah. And every single one of those old songs that blows up now, they're great fucking records. Right. And like, people they're great are young. records. Like people are like, oh, I can't believe you didn't know this. Like I had a kid come up and ask me what. I was playing Stevie Wonder, Do I Do? And he's like, what, who is this? Or what song is this? And I'm like, you know, most people be like, what, you're an idiot. You don't know this. But it's like, I'm happy that I got to introduce him to that song. And right. same online. Like, a lot of people are young. Ten years ago, they were super young. They didn't know what was happening just because you were around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, old school to them is like early Drake. Yes. That's old school. Right. You know what I mean? So true. I remember, I feel, I feel super old at times. Um, I remember when I had to come to grips with the fact that like early 2000s was old school to some people. Like yeah. that's their parents' music. I mean, it's 20 years I, ago. That was a mind, <laughs> that was mind blow by that because like, yeah, but at this point it's 20 years ago. Yeah. And I think about it like, oh, what? whoa, yeah. That's how it was when I was growing up. I thought of these types of songs as my parents' songs. But because of TikTok, it's bridging that gap. And what's a beautiful thing um, some of the clubs that I played recently where I noticed the crowd is notably young, I'm just like TikTok brain. I'm like, yo, let me throw in some earth, wind and fire. And they go off because they know it because of TikTok. Right. And it's new to them, but it's a great song is a great song, but they love it because it's, they have some ownership of it. It's not their grandparents' music. It's not their parents' music. Right. It's their, it's their music. Yeah. And yeah, so true. now I can play pop smoke and earth, wind and fire in the same party and have people go crazy that's awesome to me. There's nothing wrong with that. That's amazing. That's so cool. And also, yeah, it, it really plays well into what as open format DJs, you know, like that's what we do. Right. That's what we've always done. That's what we've always loved. That's why we love DJing, you know, is combining. It's, it's the, expanding. And so it's almost coming back around to that and giving credit to it and allowing people to discover those songs and then us to present it in our own creative way again. It's starting to feel like, do you remember like 2010-ish? Yeah. When we were literally playing whatever the hell, because if whatever song it was, there yep. was a Be More remix of it yeah. that like went hard. Yeah, we'd be like Chubby <laughs> Checker into like yeah. Sweet Dreams, you know, into yeah. like, the, yeah, it was like the 50s into the 80s, into the 90s, into a new song. Exactly. Into, yeah. It's kind of starting to feel like that, except with the actual original songs, because people are discovering them in a different way now. Yeah, that's true. It's funny. You're right. I even played like... Motown recently and everybody was singing it as if it was like the new Drake song. And I'm like, this is so funny right. to watch, you know? Right. I found out from um, Cardinal Official, who's like legendary Canadian artist. Oh, of course. Uh, for those who don't know. Yeah. I know you know. Um, he's all, he's a, an A&R at Universal Music in Canada now. Oh, okay. And he recently had a song, Dangerous, him and Akon, that blew up on TikTok recently and like, Went just started streaming like crazy. He just like, what wow. the hell is going on? Why am I getting <laughs> five hundred thousand streams a day on this old song? Crazy. Realized it went crazy on TikTok. Some trend from some kids in Malaysia or something just started doing this thing, and um, in his like dealing with that, he told me there's a new category of music as far as the record companies are concerned. Now there's brand new, there's catalog, and there's a third thing now called resurgence. And that's a whole department for songs that are cataloged that become new again. That's so interesting. That's that's cool. That's cool to hear. Right? 
Yeah. And it's only great. Like it's, it's that it's dreams, Fleetwood Mac. It's right. Rasputin. It's like, yeah, it's ABBA. Just classic records. It's all those yeah, songs, ABBA. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's songs that like every one of these songs, none of us are looking at these songs like, oh, that song was trash then and it's trash now. No, they're always the great songs. Yeah. So, which shows me that a great song is a great song and it's forever. So, yes. If you put out a song and it doesn't go crazy today, if it's a great song, it will live at some point. Somebody will find it. Somebody's going to love the shit. Just let it be. Let yes. It be. Yes, that's the truth. What, just a little bit to finish off the TikTok thing, like is there anything else that you've learned that you think you could convey to the people? You've told us some stuff, but is there any other lessons you've learned of yeah. what to do or not to do or things with videos? Consistency. Okay. Consistency. It's not the type of thing. I mean, most of the social platforms are like that too. The more active you are, the more part of the conversation you are. Yeah. But – TikTok is really that. And like what's beautiful about it though, and I think this holds true for most social media nowadays too, yeah. is like the level of quality is not that demanding anymore. It's like you don't have to have the best camera. You don't have to have the best lighting. You don't have to have the best anything. You just have to have something to say. Yeah. Like connect with people. It can be the shittiest phone and the like, you know what I mean? You can be in like a cave or something like you don't have to be <laughs> in a mansion standing in front of a Lambo, like how Instagram was a few years ago. Like, you know, what I mean? it has to be this super polished right. thing. It's not. That's so it's true. not at all that we're in a time right now where people are just figuring it out. And like the best things are the simplest things. So like, don't think that you have to you're not going to measure up because you don't have X, Y or Z. Just do what you do and like do it consistently. Right. And, and you yeah. will be you'll be putting yourself in the position to be like part of the conversation, part of the community. And it's really, really like all about sharing and stuff. You do something that people find is great. They're going to share it with their friends and that shit's going to go crazy. Right. And doing the genuine thing, like you said, because I see you um, saying music, Canadian music. I played at Raptors games and. Yeah. I, those videos I love those because I get to go oh yeah I forgot about that song or I didn't know that was Canadian or that's cool or it's cool to see him playing it there you know it, it it's right. real to you that's really what's happening so I think that's why those videos do well for you um and yeah well that's what I literally do I yeah like, I make it a point to play new music to play Canadian music to play classics or like give new artists a look or whatever so I was like well let me document this stuff and See if people care, and thankfully people care. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> and so when you're doing that, like, at, you know, when you're at the games, like, how much control do you have over the music or how planned out is it? Um, can you give us a little insight into kind of what what your nights or day, you know, what, what your, your sets are like at the games? Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a lot more control than you would think. Yeah, because there, like, there's a few things. Every every game, I get like a one page run of show. Okay, and on that has like specific things that are like for sp certain moments. Like if there's a sponsorship hit, or if there's like, uh, you know, the dancers are dancing to this specific song, or the mascot's going to do something to this specific song. Right. I have those, but other than that, it's they just trust me to do what I do, and it's just I have free will. I just gotta. They, all they ask, all they've ever asked of me is to, like, obviously keep it clean, radio-friendly. Yeah, of course. And keep it diverse, which is super easy for me because that's why they 
headhunted me in the first place. Exactly. Like the VP of marketing saw me playing at an, a corporate event around the time that they had seen DJ Irie. Okay. And thought, oh shit, that's what, this is Toronto. It's super multicultural. Yeah. What you're doing, would you be, like she literally asked me, it's like, yo, we've been thinking about, uh, we saw the Miami Heat had a DJ. We're thinking about having a DJ here. Would you be interested in something like that? Like, that was the dumbest question ever. Of course. <laughs> like, of course. So I, um, yeah, I just, like from that day, I, I had to harass her a bit to like get it to, to happen. But like once it happened, I was in my element already. I just was doing what I was already doing. I grew up in Toronto. It's literally the most multicultural city in the world right like for real for real. like i googled it is it is and um, it, feel, it does feel every time i'm in toronto i've said it's a friends i feel like i'm in another well i was gonna say i feel like i'm in another country but i feel like i'm in like a <laughs> i am but but i feel like i'm in a european i feel like i'm in a very international place like it like is. you said it feels very diverse very international it, it really is there's like pockets of the city that are like you'd be like, yo, this is Canada. Right. Because there's so much of one kind of people there. And then if you're downtown, it's just a mix of everybody. And I grew up in the city. I grew up like all my friends were all from all different backgrounds, different nationalities. Or yeah. Most of us are first generation Canadians. So literally our parents are from all over the world. Wow. And that that sinks in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like through my love of music and like absorbing everything, when I became a DJ, it just seemed natural for me to let that out. Like, right. All of, all of my entire career. Like I started with hip hop just cause like, actually that's not even true. I started with like old school funk and stuff just because that was my dad's record collection. Oh, nice. When I started buying records, I started buying hip hop. Yeah. But then when Serato became a thing, I was like, Oh snap, all this music that's already swirling around in my head that I know and love I can now play this stuff. Yeah. Sick. And then exactly. I never looked back. Same thing. It was back. like, we just didn't have enough money to buy the, all the no. records back then. I was like, you want me to do not an enough 80s money set? And not enough. Like yeah. that's going to cost enough me money? a lot. <laughs> not enough money. Not enough, not enough friends to help you carry all these damn records. Exactly. Into all the clubs. Yeah. Like, that's why I was I, like, all right, I, I'm a hip hop DJ and I'll play some <laughs> drum and bass, but like, I don't have enough money to buy the other stuff. It was crazy. Yeah. But honestly, man, I'm so happy that I came up in that era. Yeah. Because it's it's made me appreciate things so much more. Like, do you remember the feeling of that record that you were like dying to get and you couldn't find and you finally got a copy? Yes. The first time you put that on and play it, like Yeah. Yeah. I yes. Yes. I'm playing this record. I mean, you know that's what, I mean? what it was like all when about. You have the record that nobody has. Exactly. And you're that yeah. guy. And and it was so much fun to know that you were about to go introduce people to this amazing music you had just found you know it was like yeah i was so hyped to be like check out this crazy record i found or this remix or something yeah. you know and then talk to the people about it and i mean that's what djing that's what a lot of the driving force of it was and still should be you know at some in should some be. respect except <laughs> except now it's like you got 19 year old girls coming up to you in the club being like yo can you play this song but this specific remix i it came out at midnight I know it's 1 a.m. Do you have it? <laughs> and then <laughs> it comes out tomorrow. Like, right? But I got it. I have it already. It's Do you have YouTube. it? Like, yeah, I know. Can I plug my phone? Yeah. In? Yeah, it's a mix <laughs> at this point, you know. But then you got cool, you got Twitch, you got different places where we're where where people are introducing each other to stuff and we are shazamming each yeah. other and learning about it. And 
It's just a big... Oh, I'm a Shazam fiend. I'm unapologetic about my Shazamming. I will walk up to the DJ booth and be like, yo, I'm Shazamming this shit right now. It's dope. Great job. You You're killing put, it. Do you ever I'm put Shazamming on the auto, the auto f- uh, function? <laughs> you know what? It's I'm a very, 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 very picky um, DJ's DJ. Yes. So like, if I'm in a club, I want to hear a dope DJ. There's not a lot of DJs in the world that I can hear and they're like super dope and putting me on to a whole bunch of new shit. Right. Like it happens, but it's few and far in between, but it definitely has happened. Usually yeah. somewhere else in the world. Oh, like same. It's us- yeah. like one, I've been at a party in New York I and I was say, like, I'm auto shazamming. Like I didn't know so many of the songs. I was like, I'm just put, just going to yeah. go through my list when I get home. <laughs> no dude. Amsterdam. Oh, have wow. you played in Amsterdam? I've been there a few times. Dude, I've never DJed Amsterdam. There. My guy, they have a whole thing there that like every time I go there, I learn so much new music because they wow. have their own scene. It's almost like the UK like they have their own scene of stuff that's like huge there. Yeah. But not really known elsewhere. Right. Right. And it's so dope. Like so many different styles of music and like a mix of because they're a mix of cultures, too. Yeah. Um, great, great place and great top quality DJs there. Oh, that's amazing. Um, well, I, hopefully one day I will DJ there when we're back traveling around. <laughs> um, we got to get back to that, man. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, I know we wanted to do this uh, interview in person, but I think we're just like, let's yes. just do this. We'll, we'll do a part two I at some point. I was really... I know. I'd love to. I was really hoping to get down to LA. Yeah. I told you. I was like, yo, yeah. in January, I'm hoping to get down. And then this lockdown came. I'm like, yeah. I am not leaving for a while. Right. I don't know when I'm going. Anywhere. Yeah, exactly. I don't let's know when just, I'm going anywhere. Let's just lean back into the uh, <laughs> online Ease metaverse, uh, Yo, whatever, I, virtual connections. I, Dude, I don't know if you've done any traveling. I've left the country once in two years. I went to Jamaica and played a wedding like a month and a half ago. Yeah. I was away for three days. And that's, I've never since I started DJing have I ever been at home for this long. It's weird. Yo, it's very weird. Yeah, I went out of the country. I went to Mexico like a couple months ago um, and then just been traveling a lot like with uh, in a, in the, you know, the United States. But um, OK, but no, it's j- just, you know, not like normal type of traveling um, like I was doing before and just that one trip to Mexico. But yeah, it's no, everything's crazy right now. We're we're like we said earlier, we're adjusting to it. Um yeah. But as far as the so so for the Raptors games like over those 17 years is there are there any specific things that you've learned about DJing to those types of crowds or that type of uh experience that's much different from your other DJ gigs? Um well the main thing that people need to understand or DJs need to understand yeah. is it's not at all like any DJ set that we would normally do. It's not right. a party. Yeah. I, I do my best to bring the party atmosphere, but it's super not a party. It's more a production yeah. than, than, a, than a party. Like you do a lot of stuff too that I'm sure that you, you understand exactly what I'm saying. It's like, it's a production. It's a show yeah. that you're putting on for people. It's right. not and sometimes as you're much as I'm freestyling. For five seconds, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah. Literally, literally, literally. Like it's not, I like I, like I said, I do have, pretty free reign over what i play yeah but you're right there's you know it's it's all cut up into segments 
Right. Even when I do the halftime show, it's like five minutes go. Are and you like, on the, the mic a lot? Uh, only when I do the halftime show. Oh, okay. Because we have two in arena hosts oh, that okay. like handle the mic and I play the music. But when we do, when I do the halftime show, like lights go down, spotlight on me. I got some dancers with me, and I rock the mic while I do a literally five minute DJ set. Crazy. So, and like, do you I, do that every time, or do they have specific halftime shows that change up? Um, yeah, yeah. We we change it up. Like you know, it's just like every team. There's always like acrobats and like yeah. different kinds of things that. Or, you know, or, or performers like we had, like, this season we had Lupe Fiasco earlier oh, this year do uh, do a few records and stuff. But then also there are specific nights that I'm doing the halftime show. So that's when I get to flex a little bit. And What do you, you know, do? You're do just like, thing. yo, make some noise raptors and then just have a bunch of, you do crazy quick mixing or what's it like? Yeah. Like, it's five minutes. I try to rinse through, like, 15, 20 records if I can. And like sing along like, ones they know, and then in your own yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's mostly, I mean, because of the type of crowd, it's literally everybody all walks of right. life. Right. A lot of what I do is stuff that people know. Yeah. But I also have the freedom to introduce a lot of music, and like I've made so many connections with artists that way too. Because no matter what level of artist, this is something I definitely learned to answer your question. Yeah. No matter what level of artist you are. Every artist gets so stoked when their music is played at a, a sports arena. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, of course, when I play the, the artist who is just starting out, they're like, oh, my God. Or, like, anybody yeah. from Toronto who's grown up as a Raptors fan, like, it's a dream to have their song played at the Raptors game. Right. But, like, I've had, like, I think most notably is, like, Fetty Legrand, who's, like, he's Fetty fucking Legrand. Yeah. That guy was so excited when he heard that I played his music at a game that like i've met him a few times like i kind of know him but like i didn't yeah but we got to know each other because he was so excited to talk to me and ask me questions and he was just so giddy because like no you don't understand bro like hearing my songs at the festivals and like on the radio and stuff that's cool but like oh my god at a sports match like at a game it's like crazy like that's that so doesn't cool. happen that's crazy wow and i'm like dude you're fetty legrand dude like <laughs> but it's exciting yeah, but it's exciting. So like, I've learned that. There, I mean, obviously, like as as an example, Drake does not get excited to hear songs anywhere because where does his music not play? Yes, but but there are a lot of artists that like it's a really big deal, and I've made some great connections with new and upcoming and like buzzing and popping and like super popular every level of artists. I've made so many connections over the years by showing them some love with the great music that they made. Right. That's so cool. And what's your setup? What's yeah. your DJ setup at the games? I have two CDJs and an S9. Oh, cool. It's pretty yeah. pretty standard. Do you have, like, something for yeah. sounds and stuff, or is someone else doing that? No, somebody else does that. I, okay. I actually had to do that a few games this season because the guy that does that got COVID. Oh, God. Which was not awesome. So I oh. had to, like... He has something that's more like an instant replay, like right. keys with, you know, labels and stuff. Yeah. Because there's a lot. I'm sure. And I play I play music, and I'll do, like, a couple sound effects in the sample banks, but, like, right. not a whole lot. Like, we have sound effects, like, for each player when they score, there's, like, a little sound that we'll play and, like, oh, cool. stuff like that. 
there's no way I can do that there's as no a DJ way. set. Yeah, I think the most no. efficient way that I've seen is letting the DJ be a DJ, letting the host people be the host, letting the right. sound effect person be, letting the organ person, you know, everybody have their own exactly. job. And they try to make the DJ do everything. I mean, you're searching for music. You're looking at a computer screen. You can't see every single possible thing. Exactly. And the thing with that, look, I had to cover for a game last week, I think it was, and I had to do everything. Like everything that came out the speakers was me that night. Wow. And it was not, I mean, everybody after was like, oh man, you killed it. It was so good. The vibe was so good. Whatever. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my brain hurts. Because you're literally like walking had, on a tightrope. Like you're like, if yeah. at any second I could fall. Yeah. Like I literally had no time to enjoy the game or yeah. even like, I had to loosely pay attention to what was going on in the game right. while thinking about the next thing, while listening to what's happening next. They speak to us through uh, in-ear monitors. Yeah. So, like, the person running oh the show God, is lot. talking and, like, telling me what's up and, like, calling audibles and all. There's a lot. There's a lot. So, there's, to answer your question wholeheartedly, it is not something that just anybody can do. It's, like, yeah, it I really, agree. really is a different type of product a different type of performance and like the multitasking is very high right you got to be able to do a lot of stuff while people are talking to you register what they're saying pick up the mic talk to talk back to them but like still keep rocking it and all the while there's twenty thousand people like yeah. in the room and if something goes wrong with the music they know where i am they all look at me like <laughs> it's <laughs> it's i mean funny it's enough it's almost like the same um mindset that an athlete has to have the the dj yeah. of the sports games has to have the same thing with it's all of game that time right it's game, it's time, game time and, and then you when have to the be game alert gets... on everything in the crowds and i mean yeah. it's a it, you have to be super on point like one thing can can mess up everything and that's what i've learned from talking to some of the other djs that do these huge arenas like that um it's a different mindset it's not as laid back as some other djs want to be where it's like yo bro i'm just rolling no. up to the spot and putting on a song you know <laughs> like yeah no at the club yo the club compared to that the club is light work right like <laughs> and then and you know as well as i do a lot of djs know there's a lot that can be going on in a club especially like yes. a big bottle service club yeah there's a lot going on you got the manager telling you oh you got to play there's gonna bottle show right. you it's the play same kind of thing but not the same kind of but the stakes are so low yeah <laughs> totally the stakes are so low if you don't do it in the time that it's supposed to be done nothing happens Right. Nothing bad happens. The music can all, go off. You're just like, yo, right. sorry. Yo. They, you know what I mean? It's like, whatever. People are drunk. They don't even remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's not true. the same thing. Like, not the same thing at a, at a sporting event. Not at all. But right. I love it, though. I, I mean, it's second nature to me now, but what it is now compared to what it was when we started, I built it to that. Like, me and the team there, we built the role out as to yeah. what it's going to be and how it's going to work and, like, what what it look like and sound like and feel like. And um, it's working out, man. That's it's working dope. out. That's so cool. Do you have any favorite moments over those 17 years that uh, stand out in your mind? That um... The entire championship season. Oh, every man. moment of that season. That's it. The playoffs. Incredible. Yo, Spider, the playoffs were insane. Like, the whole city came outside after every win for two months. That's like. Amazing. Every night, the Raptors would play. We'd win the game. People would flood the streets like we won the championship every single game. Wow. Every game. 
That's what you do. You watch the game, you go outside. That's it. That's and it amazing. Was, it was so, so, so dope. So dope. Yeah. No, you guys have a lot of pride there, you know, for sports as a whole and for your teams. And, I mean, even yeah. I saw Scratch Bastard making those crazy videos. And, you know, there's all kinds of, like, yeah. everybody everybody well, putting work Well, here's, here's the thing. The, the Raptors are the only basketball, the only NBA basketball team in the country. Wow. So I didn't realize like, that till you said it earlier. I mean, it makes yeah, sense now like, that I think about it, but I don't know why. Well, we had the Vancouver Grizzlies for a moment, yeah. like in the 90s up until the early 2000s. It didn't really work out there. Their, their attendance wasn't good. Right. The Grizzlies went to Memphis. They got bought out. Yeah, much different, so Memphis and Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, so it's just us. So like when we were in the playoffs, the, the deeper we went, the more people from the rest of the country started getting on board. Right. And it just became this whole phenomenon that like – we had our um, our area outside the, the arena. We call it Jurassic Park, where <laughs> we um, I like on the away games. Like I'll DJ there, and there's a crowd, and yeah. we have like put on a little show or whatever. By the end of the playoffs, there was like fifty something Jurassic Parks across the country where they were just gatherings oh, of people great. watching the games. It was absolutely insane. And then the championship parade was the biggest sports parade in the world in history. There was like two million people there. Wow, that I saw it, it was, but I didn't realize that. Oh my god, yeah. that's amazing! Yeah. And that's like, so I didn't know this at the time because I DJed that. Yeah, but I was on the stage. It just looked like people. It just looked yeah. like a lot of people. I don't know how many people. Right. But I didn't know until after the fact that they set up screens and t- and uh, speakers around this the whole downtown core because there's no way that enough people could have. There's not enough room for everybody. Right. So they turned the whole city into this event, and. I found out after that, like, I was literally DJing for the whole city. Crazy. For, like, six hours. Oh, my <laughs> supposed God. supposed to be for two hours. It was Probably six hours. Probably for the best that you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Honestly, man, like, I'm thankful that I've been doing this long enough that I don't get nervous anymore. Yeah. Like, I used to really get nervous. And I don't remember. Actually, you know what? I'll lie. I remember the exact moment when it changed for me. There was, it was the vinyl days. Okay. I was doing a live remix. And my needle broke the one that was playing the instrumental. So just acapella in the club. And I was freaking out. And people started singing. And I was like, you know what? Doesn't really matter what happens in the club. You can always recover. Yeah. You can always pick it up. It's not that detrimental because everybody's drunk having a good time anyway. And if they are not having a good time for 10 seconds, they will survive. Yes. So that's good. No, that's a good mindset to bring into it. From then on, I like I haven't really gotten nervous for anything. It doesn't matter how many people. It's I play in front of a lot of people all the time. Right. It's actually more nerve wracking to play in front of less people to me. <laughs> right. I know what you mean. That happens when it's like a very small party and they're like, Well, nobody's dancing and there's like twenty two people and you're like, Yo, <laughs> yeah. like you gotta have the energy in the air to make that right? happen. Right. And it's like always very important people when you're doing yeah. the, those events and like you really want to do a good job and they're like eating shrimp cocktails and kind of looking over their shoulders like <laughs> right that's that's when that's you start harder. to feel like hot like okay uh, what's yeah. happening? <laughs> that's so funny Ugh. and yeah. then you play um be faithful and everything's okay that's that's the <laughs> trick uh all djs need to know be faithful it's like turning yes. the light switch on and off <laughs> exactly how do you follow exactly. it up that's the real question <laughs> that is true that's true you got to think about that one uh i man 
I love doing this and there's not really any situation that I'm not happy with doing as long as I get to play music. So that's why even right now that we have no fans in the arena yeah, and I'm not playing any, I just started getting back into playing nightclubs. I haven't right? because the capacities here haven't been back to normal. Oh, okay. So the booking fees have not been back to normal. Right. So <laughs> yes, I've steered clear because like I don't, you know, I'm very much about my business and not like diminishing my value because once you do that, especially certain places around here, I it's agree. hard to get them to go back up to the regular. I've been price, saying so. the same thing, and I've had to hold out on so many places and you kind of stick to. to my guns and and even say I need more money sometimes coming back because yeah, we've been through a lot. Things cost a lot more now. Yep. Like yo, like and a lot yep. of the people we're working for have a lot of money and made a lot more money over the time. So, I mean, I don't think it's that pay, crazy. Pay it thing. forward, yeah, people. Exactly. Pay it Come forward. On, um, yeah. But I agree. That's something to know. You know, a lot of people, yes, I know they have to work, but at the same time, you really have to think long-term and, and think about those rates and think about where you're going to put yourself yeah. uh, money-wise. I mean, and, I know Yeah, I know a lot of um, DJs get really, like, are really hard on other DJs for like undercutting and doing that kind of stuff. I've, I used to be that guy. I realized in time that like not everybody has the same goals. Yes. You know what I mean? Like not everybody's a career DJ. Some people are career DJs. Some people are, I just want to play some music on the weekends, for, bring some friends out and make some extra cash. Yes. You can't be mad at those ones for not valuing their price or like being no it's so, so true it's like we're not all running the same race but everybody acts exactly. like we are you know so exactly. it's like oh you're going so slow or this guy's cheating it's like just worry about yourself you know like yep. because yep. it doesn't matter like you said you don't know everyone's goals you don't know everyone's um situation you don't know if they won the lottery and they're doing it for five I mean, you don't know if you don't know right? anything you don't know if someone has to or you don't know pay their bill tomorrow morning their... yeah exactly yeah. and their mother's in a hospital and they have to do it no matter what and get that extra hundred dollars like you don't know anything on any side of it so we really can't judge each other especially nowadays and just pay Precisely. attention to yourself you know don't worry about everyone else's business um Precisely. But for those of us who are really like career DJs and like really trying to build brands and like yeah. elevate and stuff, there are things that you have to be mindful of. And like your value is very, very precious. You can't you can't just play for anything or just play anywhere. You have to protect your brand just like any other business would. Like, yeah, McDonald's is not going to partner with some random company that's not going to do well for them. They're, they'll pass on it. Right. You know I mean, it might be some money, but they'll pass on it because it's not the right thing we have to look at ourselves that way it's this is my like the marketing no you're right you're right now. i mean it's like people say you know sometimes it could sound cliche but like the word no is very powerful and can get you sometimes farther than saying yes uh if it's used yeah. in the right way uh-huh you got to know how to finesse the game yeah absolutely yeah that's absolutely. true and um yeah same thing with the club thing here it's just it's been weird and and they i mean i think they just sort of let down the walls and we're like okay no more uh like you said the amount of people like the capacity mm -hmm. that went away <laughs> now they're just like yeah. if you're coming to the club you basically know that you might get covid and you're cool with it it's i guess i don't even know the mindset you know you know what though contrary to popular opinion maybe i think that's kind of the way it should be it's like if you assume the risk right 
that's your choice. Right. You know what I mean? People who are vulnerable should probably not be at the club. Oh, for but, sure. You know what I mean? But people who are you know, young, healthy, vaccinated, not vaccinated, if you assume the risk, yeah, then you should be able to live your life. And if you get sick, then you have nobody to blame but yourself. Right. It's, Isn't that how it works with every, every, every other sickness? Yeah, totally. I mean, and, and you know it, I mean? yeah, it's such a weird thing because it's like everybody wants to do the right thing, but then they don't know what the right thing is, you know. And it's like we're all we're all here. We all want the best for each other, but then at the same time, yeah, yeah. it gets so damn confusing. And and I hear what you're saying. Like at, at this point, like you're saying, we have the vaccines, we have all the things to keep you safe. So if you don't want to, well, we're do two those, years in. Yeah, so we're two years in at this point. So I I just feel like right. And and like not to get too deep into this because it's gonna bum me out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of other things that are really not favorable that are coming out of this pandemic besides COVID. Like there's a lot of people struggling with a lot of other things, or the repercussions of yes. this is causing other or and or bigger problems. And I I think it's really important to not negate those. Like let's not devalue those right do you know what i mean yeah i think so it can't I mean, just be about well you're a piece of shit if you're not pe- keeping people safe words like right just like what we were talking about regarding the, like you don't know people's situation exactly there's a lot of people going through things that you don't know about they're not going to talk about but it's really difficult as a result of yeah. what's happening with covid and we can't forget about that shit like, yeah we can't pretend like that's not real yeah this is affecting a lot of people in, in millions of different ways and it's not just as simple as, well, get the vaccine and stay inside. Like, it's not just right. that. Yeah. It's not just that. Yeah, so, it's, it's um, very layered and complex. And, and then it, of course, just got so confusing over time with politics and that all that part, crap. That part. That, <laughs> that part. part. So, like, we got we to gotta live. We got to live. And I think that we should be able to choose how we want to live because... I'm here in Ontario where everything's locked down and I'm looking at Texas and Florida and they're living and nothing crazy is happening. Like, right. But everybody is getting sick, but I know it's, it's, yeah, but what defines sick though, like define sick. I I have no idea. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what I'm saying is when I, when I look at, I just watched everybody enjoy Art Basel. Right. Didn't seem like any catastrophe of sickness and death happened. It did, if it did, they covered that shit up really well because, like, I know plenty of people that went. They had a blast. Right. And there's, like, things going all over the world that everyone's – people are fine. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to bum myself out anymore. I don't want to bum you, you out. <laughs> Whoever all the listeners, I don't want to bum you all out. You guys need to know. We don't need to go well, deep into yeah, it. Yeah, and you guys got your own opinions on everything, and everyone's doing their yeah, thing. Of course. And everywhere in the world is completely different, like you said. So you could oh, drive. Like I was in New York and then in New Jersey, and within a couple-hour drive, it was like two different planets you know of like the way that every <laughs> it's handled thing from hotels to restaurants to everything operated in new york and then operated in new jersey and it was like wow this is night and day so it's yeah it's gonna be different yeah. wherever you go brother i played at the calgary stampede in july yeah and that, that was a cowboy at that hat time, uh, cowboy hat videos yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a cowboy hat week um <laughs> 
the the situation in Toronto at that time was like fairly locked down. Not as locked down as it is now, but like pretty damn locked down. Like yeah. Seventy percent locked down. Calgary was one hundred percent open. Right. And like I'm in the same country and one place I can't sit down in a restaurant, the other place I'm playing a room with three thousand people raging. Yeah. I I remember thinking to myself, yo, if there's no catastrophe that catastrophe that comes out of this, then I have some questions. Right. And there was no catastrophe. Alberta didn't blow up. Nothing happened. You know what right. I mean? Some people got sick just like everywhere else. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends I got a lot how of questions. look at it and analyze the numbers. I mean, I like I said, I don't know anything. So I can't claim to know, uh, you know, why, who's no, what making what decision. I, but I'm with you. It's crazy, the whole thing. I just have questions is all. I'm not claiming to know anything. I'm just yeah. looking around, observing, and I'm like, well, yeah. I have questions. It doesn't add up. I have questions. Nobody seems to be able to answer the questions. Right. So in the meantime, what do we do? How about we live? And we figure live. it out. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Live. I mean, I know. Well, so as far as like, you know, moving on to some of the many other things you do, um, <laughs> something that's closely connected to what we're doing right now is that you are the national director for DJ City and Beat Source uh, for Canada, yes. right? Which is a massive yes. role uh, because DJ City has been around forever and has such a huge footprint um, up there and Beat Source now for the past a uh, couple years or even few years has been doing the thing, you know, we've been getting up there. Yeah. So um, what, what is that all about? Like, what's your role um, as the national director? What have you been doing and some of the projects and what do you enjoy about it? Well, you know, what's crazy about it. I've been a member of DJ city for years and years and years. It's the best DJ pool. I'm not just saying that because I work with the company. I felt that way long before that. And right. I was actively looking at, you know, why don't we have any representation here? Because like yeah. I was seeing, you know, DJ City UK, DJ City Japan, DJ City France happened. Right. And I'm like, yo, we're like, I know it's an American company. We're right next door. And like per capita, the DJ excellence in Canada is very high. Oh, it's huge. You know what I mean? Toronto alone scale. has some, yeah. so many incredible DJs. It's, it's mind right. blowing. So I'm like, DJ culture is very alive here, but like we don't have any representation. And I found out that there was a little situation in Quebec and like not a lot of people knew about it or whatever, mm -hmm. but it didn't really work out. Right. And I was able to, the how it happened actually, how I got involved. I played in London, UK, and I did a show where Play opened yeah. for me. Play is uh, the head of DJ City UK. Yeah. And we had dinner that night. We played the gig. We had a great old time. And... And I mentioned it to him because he said, you know, oh, by the way, yo, I, he, meant, he mentioned what he does. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I've been trying to get in touch with somebody. I remember Latin Prince had come to Toronto and like had a little like a small meetup, like kind of like a link up, but like not a lot of people. And it was just nothing really official. Right. And Play was like, yo, dude, I'll connect you. I'll, I'll introduce you to, to Styles Davis. And got me on the phone with Styles and we had a couple conversations and... It was like, honestly, it really, really made me feel good because Styles was like, yo, I've heard of you. Let me just like, you know, it sounds good. I think we can do something. Let me just like, you know, ask around. Yeah. Because obviously I got to, you know, I got to, you know, yeah. got to check out the resume. Yeah, yeah. And he called me back a few days later and he's like, yo, everybody said you're the guy. So do you want to do the thing? <laughs> so I was like, wicked. Amazing. That felt fucking great. So yeah, since then, um, I built a little team here of DJs from across the country and 
our role, my role, and and I pass on to them as well, is to basically cultivate DJ talent in Canada um, to be showcased through the DJ City platform. So that's like DJs doing mixes for the podcasts, right? Um, doing you know bedroom sessions and routines and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, promoting Canadian music. So like I I'm the one that like essentially puts Canadian music that's not Drake Weekend Tory Lanes yeah on DJ City and Beat Source because those ones are going to be there always no matter what but like I for example like put Smiley on DJ City and, and oh wow I mean stuff like that it's like to get these records from these artists that are like we know are bubbling or and are about to be bubbling on a global scale that maybe not are front of mind or like you might not be in the know yeah if you're not on the ground here right you know what I mean so right. And I I love having that role because I've been able to shine a light on so many dope DJs and artists, and um, it's a great position to have. And then when BeatSource came around, that made it even doper because I think it's the technology of BeatSource. Without getting into it, everybody who listens to this podcast should already know what BeatSource is. <laughs> um, it's incredible. Yeah, it's but really, but really I think dope. people listening like, still are trying to understand. It's I, I answer direct messages probably every day from at least one person or a few people that are like, do you think, you know, what do you think of this? Or could it replace this? Or how do you use it? And so I'm always trying to explain, For sure. you know, how it's a companion to some things in my library, how it helps, how, you know, New Year's Eve, I was using it. I mean, it was crazy because I did this party. I didn't know what they wanted. Then they started getting into Afro beats and I'm like, all right, D James, you're about to hook me up. So I go into his little <laughs> African folder See? and, you know. That is the beauty of BeatSource to me, and that's why I'm so excited to like tell people about yeah. this new platform, this new way of thinking, essentially. like right. This is what it was when we were changing from vinyl and CDs to Serato. Like, it's yeah. a whole thing. Um, but the curated playlists are the dopest thing in the world to me. Just right. like you said, you... You know, they, well, it they helped love me so much. at this party. Yeah, because I know yeah. some of you it, can... but then I was like, oh, that's in his essentials folder. I actually didn't know that one, so that must be a big one in the essentials. Then I can go to the new mm -hmm. ones and know these are going to be newer, or I go into the top right. 10 hits, or even the 20 playlist, you know, that Kid Spin does. Oh, I didn't know this new house song or whatever, reggae, dancehall, right. or, you know, and then flip through those and, and just wanting to know what the new songs are. Even if I have my own remix or edit of it that I did, I can still get the reference point from looking at their crate and then go back. And mm -hmm. even if I don't play that one necessarily from beat source and then go back and, and play it. Exactly. And, yeah. So, well, the beauty is like everybody curating playlists are all like experts at something. Right. And they, they do it themselves so like, and they're playing that music yeah. themselves. You know, the Latin yeah, curator, exactly. the hip hop curator, the dance curator, they're out there doing those sets. Exactly. And I actually, shameless plug, I actually have two playlists on BeatSource. Nice. Um, the Sports Arena Anthems playlist. Oh, dope. For obvious reasons. <laughs> yes. And then also I have, a, I have a VIP crate, which is super nice. dope to me because like I'm such a fan of all the DJs and artists that have VIP crates. So when me I got too. asked to do a VIP crate, I was like, sick. Me too. And, I was um, like, let's go. Like we're right. on the list with so many dope people. So exactly. And it was, I even did that. I went into Diplo's VIP crate because by the end of the New Year's Eve night, people were highly, you know, in a different uh, mind <laughs> Feeling state. Good. And, Feeling uh, good. I don't even know if what, what type of things were in their body but it was uh maybe some trippy thing <laughs> mushrooms i don't know but 
I had to really go into some deep, weird shit, you know? So I was like, all right, Diplo playlist, this might Diplo. work, you know? And, and I started checking in the VIP crates. So I'm like, all right, Dylan Francis, you know? And then you can go in there and go, these guys mm-hmm. play these kind of parties. I'm going to dip into that, you know? Or, okay, Precisely. I'm in Vegas. Let me see what Vice is doing, you know? And, and then now Precisely. me and you have them for our type of event. Yeah, exactly. My, my crate is like a representation of the diversity of the type of sets that I play. Yeah, so me too. Like, some old stuff, some new stuff, a lot of international stuff. Like Dope. a lot of, you know, there's Portuguese, there's Latin, there's French, there's yeah. African, there's Caribbean. And it's all mixed in because that's how I play my sets. Amazing. And oh, I'm checking your, I'm really, going to save yours to my library. Uh, make sure yeah. it's in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 been great working with DJ City and by extension Beat Source. And right. I'm, I'm so excited to see where it goes. And one of my favorite things to do is the DJ City link ups where we yeah. are able to like set up shop in a different city and just invite all the DJs out to mix and mingle and actually be in the room together, not DJing. I mean, right. we all jump on the decks at some point, but like to actually be in a room and hang out with DJs when you're not at work, there's no pressure. You actually have time to talk and build and like yeah. forge relationships. Right. That's really, really cool. I love the the uh, the community aspect of it all. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's so cool, man. I mean, it's just so cool to see how DJing fits into all these different parts of everything, you know, from the sports stuff to just entertainment to social media to, you know, community and just building this real genuine community of all of us helping each other and live our lives. And yeah. dope, man. I love it. Bro, I've, I've learned so many important business skills but also life skills from being a career dj and like i say it all the time i can't remember where i first had this conversation but i say it all the time if you were like especially us career djs the amount of skills and know-how and connections that we acquire over the years yeah we're super qualified for so many positions in all aspects of business like this is the 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 uh the most rigorous, painful, but exciting university you could ever go to because the things that we go through and have to endure, but also the amazing moments that we have and like just the connections that we build and the network and the skills and like the learning how to, you know, work through adversity. Like this whole pandemic, we've all had to be the pivot masters. I know. And it's making us better and stronger and more adept to be able to handle things and like put any of us in boardrooms or on, on like as A and R's or marketing meeting, like like marketing. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're ready. We're equipped. We already been doing it for years and years. So exactly. It's like, um, yo, if you're listening, believe in yourself uh, for all of those things and don't feel like, well, I'm just a DJ. I wasted my time. You've developed so many skills over that, that really you could hone in on and and turn into anything else, you know? And and I think the really, yeah, go ahead. Guys, if you really do this, like if you really live the DJ life and like immerse yourself in the culture, you are already qualified to do a wide array of incredible things. You're yeah. not just a DJ. You are definitely not just a DJ. You are an entity. You're a force. You can do any number of things. And also, you can learn and adapt and do more things that you don't even know how because you're just trained for that. You're built for that at this point. Yeah, that's so true. 
Uh, and we've had to be the pivot masters even more than we ever were <laughs> yeah. before. So we learned a lot from that. Yeah. And um, I know that, you know, like you said, you've been DJing a really long time and you've been an open format DJ, which is what the the name that we've, I guess, sort of grown into. Remember when we used to be mashup DJs? Yeah, we were mashup DJ. Remember when we were just <laughs> DJs? <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> um, Remember when DJ meant you played yeah, a lot of different kinds of music? Exactly. As, as a thing? Yeah, it wasn't just like, well, what's your exact style? But I know that right. you have kind of um, pivoted into being a recording artist, music producer, and someone that's working with artists. Uh, you've got your record label. You have, I know you've put out a song as Four Corners with someone else um, as the producer, but you also have a side project that's all house music as well, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've been releasing um, music as Four Corners for about two years now. Right. Um, a lot like records, solo records, a bunch of collaborations, a lot of stuff and multi-genre. That's like open format. Mashup, right. That's whatever. what I took from it. That that the Four Corners yeah. persona is sort of just an extension of your DJing and how you love everything and you're able to mix it together. But you're taking it to the music production standpoint. Right. And finding Precisely. people to collab with that that fit in there that you could play songs at the arena or wherever I could play at the spot, you know? And, yeah. um, and then the exactly. house music thing that, is your other thing. Yeah. The house music project specifically is called 401 West. Okay. And, um, that's with my partner in that. His name is Ashton Adams, a super talented producer and artist, Dope. drummer, guitarist. He does a lot of things. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think that this, I'm, I'm one of many DJs that have gone on to become producers and artists because mm -hmm. I feel like it's a natural progression. Yeah. You know what I mean? I we, we spend so much time. Like, I don't think I know any DJ that's like, again, I say, I use the term career DJs because there's a difference. I don't think I know any, many career DJs. I don't think I know any that don't dabble in production in some level, like whether it be like yeah. remixes or edits or full-on productions, we all do something with the music. We all play with the music because it's natural. It's only natural that we do that. And I remember you had Lil John on th this show recently and yeah. he was speaking about this. I talk about my DJ brain all the time. I produce with DJ brain. When right. I'm making records, I'm 100%. thinking of structure for DJs to be able to play these records because I'm making records for myself to play. Like I've spent years and years playing everybody else's songs. It's a different level. When you play a big record and you hear and you like see the crowd react, it's awesome. We all love that feeling. But right. to play a record that you've created, that you conceived in your mind and you made with your hands, and then you play that in front of people and see them react, it's the highest level of dopamine that I've ever experienced in my life. Right. So as soon as I started doing that, I was like, oh, shit, I need to do more, 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 more. But I do it all with DJ brain because I can't, I don't think I cannot do it. I have DJ brain. I am a DJ. Right. It's not what I do. It's but who I am. But that's the best way to get like the music out there. You know, it's going to speak to the DJs. Yeah. They're going to want to play. You know, when you hear that track with the dope intro or the drum break or something, how you're going to mix it in the second you hear exactly. it. Exactly. And beyond that. The biggest finesse, the biggest flex in my entire career is being the DJ, but making the music. And then if I'm on the radio or if I'm playing at the arena or whatever, it's like so many artists are like, oh, how do I get my song played? I play my own shit <laughs> everywhere I am. And As there's no should. questions asked. It's done. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. So um, I think it's a great, great, great thing 
for us DJs to get into making music. If you love music like that and if you feel like you're, even those DJs who don't feel, don't maybe have a musical background, because I do, I, I grew up playing piano and woodwind and brass and drums and stuff. Oh, wow. Um, but you don't have to. You yeah. don't have to. Like, there's lots of ways to be able to make music and to learn or work with people yeah. who can do things and, like, use your DJ brain to let the person know what you want it to sound like or what do you want it to do and, like, you know? Yeah. It could, that's how I started. I, I At first, I was like, I have all these ideas, but I don't know how the hell to get them out. Like, how do I make this real? Right. And I got together with um, a homie of mine who was super active. He's not that active anymore, but he was... DJ producer from Toronto named Joe Ghost. Um, he was like straight house guy. He had some releases on like Spinning Records and Hardwell's label and Aoki, Denmark and all that kind of stuff. Um, he kind of showed me how it works, but he was an Ableton guy and I'm not an Ableton guy. I don't understand Ableton. It's Sanskrit to me. Like I don't get it. Really? It doesn't look like what music do you use? to me. It's, I use Logic. Okay. And, and Logic just seemed to make more sense to me. Yeah, and then I was told works. after the fact, I was told after the fact, musicians that actually play instruments generally gravitate towards logic more so than Ableton. Right. Does and I don't know like if that's that. true for everybody. Right. But it's definitely true for me. It just like looks like music to me. I understand my brain registers it. That's interesting. I actually started messing around with Fruity Loops, but that felt like a video game. And I heard it kind of is. <laughs> like yeah. You can make things that, very fast in, in that respect. Right. But, like, when I started working with FL, it was, like, early days of, of FL. So it was way less advanced than it is now. Yeah. Like, it's it's really dope now. But it's too late for me. I'm a logic guy. But um, <laughs> Yeah, use what works. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I, I was taught a long time ago, too. It doesn't matter what you use. It's what comes out of the speakers that yep. matters. Yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, yeah. It, took, it took a while to learn how to do it. And once I started getting the hang of it then i just had to like get good at it in terms of like you know i sucked like my idea i thought the ideas were great not not that great not that great the songs that i was making not that great the first thing that i did that people actually were like oh shit this is dope and this was the thing that made me think okay i should really do this is i did do you remember twerk yeah uh benzie and eccentric yeah of course yeah i did a record with them there was a david banner rework of his song play we called it work oh yeah I, I have it i play it. i mean i still i i have that in my library see that's the thing that record number one that record got me known globally to djs right um but seeing djs playing it like i remember dj snake like premiered that on bbc right and i was like yo like i know snake i've known snake since before he got big but like it was still a great look like yeah he doesn't huge. have to play my record right and then I got people are sending me videos of like Diplo playing it and Skrillex playing it and like all these DJs. And I was like, maybe I should give this production thing a go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And, I um, love that record too. Good idea. Thank to you. Flip that. Thank you. And Twerk thank you. kills and, it. Eccentric and Benzie. I mean, yeah. Definitely. Eccentric's still out here doing his thing. I, I, I just found out recently an artist that I came across. I was like listening to some songs. And looked into the credits because I still look at credits. I really always look at credits. Yeah, me too. And I keep seeing his name pop up. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's like involved in a lot of records these days. That he's not his name's not at the front of it, but like he's a right. producer and As writer. He should Good be. I mean, him. I saw he put out this SZA remix, and she 
posted it last night on her thing. I was like, wait, I oh, love sick. this. And I'm like, nice. Amazing. Hopefully he gets to produce for her. Because, I mean, he's he's incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He's really, really dope. But, yeah, it was great to um, do that record. At, that, at the time, I'd never even met them in person. Right. Just, just internet shit. Yeah. And, but that was the spark that really let me know that, okay, cool, this is something that I can do. Yeah. And then I made some more shitty songs and then started getting better at it. And now I think my music's pretty good. Good, good. <laughs> it's good to be proud of your music and it's good to get through that shitty yeah. phase. <laughs> yeah, man. You got to get that shit out. But yeah. like, I'm, I'm really feel like I've turned the corner and I started my label. It's called, called Jane Shepherd. Um, essentially just as a vehicle to put my own music out because I'm not really currently not really interested in signing a deal unless it is a fantastic deal. Right. Because right. we're in a different age right now yeah. where it's not necessary. It's actually like that shit wasn't ever made for us artists. It was not made for us to succeed. It was made as a business tool yeah. for us to get our shit out because there was no other way. Now right. there's other ways. So, like, I don't want to do that unless it's the right situation. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, that's the, smart. The labels, you have your, your own label. So you put it out yourself yeah. on your own label. Do you do put, do yeah. you, have you used the label for anything else, like putting out any other artists or mainly just as a release uh, vehicle well, for I've, your stuff now? Well, I've done work with artists and labels and such, but I haven't put any of my music out right. through a label. It's all independently. It's all, I own my master's type shit. Yeah. Um, and I have direct relationships with people at Spotify and Amazon and Apple and stuff. So I've been able to like lean on those to get my, uh, music right in front of people and such playlisting and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, same thing I was talking about before. It's like when you're a career DJ, you make connections, you, yeah. you know, you meet people, you build yeah. and those things are valuable. So like I, I started the label to put my music out, but just very recently, I've been thinking to myself, you know what? I'm actually in the position now to maybe sign an artist or two and start helping somebody with their career. Because yeah. at first I was like, well, I don't have a situation. Like, I can't put you on. I'm still trying to put myself on. Right. Um, and, I, and, and in a lot of ways, I am still trying to put myself on. Like, I'm good as a DJ. I'm good. And that's the beautiful thing because I don't have to depend on music to earn income like i make music from djing and stuff yeah the music is like it's gravy it's 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 whipped cream with a cherry yeah but i've been able to build it in such a way that i i think that i'm you know what i mean i'm putting it out in the universe now i haven't said this out loud to anybody yet but like i'm putting in the universe i think i'm ready to start you know helping people with their careers more directly yeah and that may be in the form of signing some songs or maybe full-on signing an artist i don't know we'll see right Amazing. I'm open to it. Glad you put it out there. Um, that's, that's <laughs> you heard great. it here first. You heard it here on the 20 podcast. Um, <laughs> that's great. And and also, like you know, you do so much to be able to um, promote the music, too. Like, I know you know graphic design very well. You actually have a whole marketing company, right, that you've started yeah. and run. And what, what do you do with that? I'm sure that helps you with your music, but any other things with it, too? Yeah, for sure. It's called Mer Media, M-I-R-R, Making Identity Really Rad. Nice. Um, and I run it with a partner. She goes by the name of Alien You. And we just came up with the idea based on, like, she taught me Photoshop a few years ago. And I just started doing all of my stuff. And she was like, yo, you're getting really good 
at that. And I'm like, yeah, well, I have the ideas. I just always had to hire somebody and try to explain I know, what it is I know that I exactly wanted to what see. You're yeah, same. I'm and always like, I want to put sucks. this here, there. Like, yeah. And that kind of sucks. And then when I got to doing it, I was like, yo, I've been paying these dudes a lot of money for stuff that's not that hard to do. Yeah. And um, then I started to realize it's the ideas that are the important part. Like the actual doing it is not all that difficult in most cases, but the ideas, that's where it comes from. And I've always been very big on marketing, even before I was even DJing anywhere. Me and my partner at the time were doing professional photo shoots and we're trying to get clothing sponsors and all that stuff because we just, I just decided early, even as a DJ, I want to market us as artists. I want to market us like in such a way that it's, we're not just, that guy or those guys in the corner that you know play yeah. the records or whatever we want like when i was coming up there was a crew out of toronto named the baby blue sound crew probably don't know them but no. they were the shit <laughs> they were amazing they like they had a, a, a record deal they were putting out like official mixtapes on universal with their own records mixed in wow. with them and like those records had like they had records with like sean paul and cardinal and like early before they blew up yeah and everything about the way that they did their thing i was like yo that's it that's it right there through a series of unfortunate events they didn't stay together they broke up or whatever but like that idea that sparked it in my head that like yo if you market yourself as an artist you're going to set yourself up for success you're going to set yourself apart from the other people in your field and i've always taken that and it just grew and grew into the point where now i actually have this marketing company where um, my partner and I, we already do a lot of stuff for other people, but I also run all of my things through it too. And it feels great when people look at my four corner stuff or my four one West stuff and are like, Oh man, that's, you know, the way you did that rollout, that was sick. Who'd you, who'd you do, who'd you do it through or who did that or who, you know, designed that or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, we did that shit. <laughs> that's we did that shit. So you know what I mean? um so i like i feel like i'm in the position to be able to like maybe do that for some other people so yeah that's where i think i think the future is i'm I'm still going to be making music i have like a lot of things in the works we just dropped our second 401 west ep just a couple months ago it's called our house volume two nice Um, our house volume one came out in 2020 okay and um yeah i'm working on my first four corners ep that's going to be coming out this spring and I got a whole bunch of collabs and remixes and records on the go. And it's an exciting time as much as like the only thing missing is not being able to be out and touring these records. Like I've right. put out a lot of music over the past couple of years and have not been able to do nearly as many shows as I would like to do. Because like I said, the, the, the goal is to take the music that I made with my brain and play it in front of people and see them react to it. Right. And I've had limited opportunities to do that over the past couple of years. So I'm right. looking forward to getting. Well, back maybe to it's really a blessing good. just to let you build up all the skills and all the music. And then at the right time, you just blast it off into the world. Yeah. Um, Who knows, man? Either way, I'm having a great, great time all the way through. And like, I couldn't be happier about where I'm at as far as like what I do for a living. I play music and stuff. Yeah. People pay me. It's incredible. <laughs> no, I love it. And just talking to you now is inspirational. Like we're, we start off the conversation about being locked down and not knowing what's going on. 
But all of the things you're talking about are so cool and inspirational and don't even matter about all that stuff. You're able to just work on it and do it. And, um, you know, your drive and uh, your love for everything is is inspirational. So thanks, man. Thank That's you, cool. man. Yeah. Pers- perspective, brother. My dad taught me a long time ago, and I just keep getting these lessons. It's not what happens. It's how you look at it. Yeah. Like n- everything can be anything you want it to be it's up to you to decide how you're going to look at that thing so like yeah the pandemic sucks there's no like i heard somebody say to me recently man it was actually kind of good that the pandemic happened because i was like no 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 no. let me stop you right there yeah nothing is good about this we've made the best of it and we've learned and adapted and figured shit out that we might not have if it didn't i see what you're saying there but this shit is not good yeah nothing about this is good we are the ones that have to look at it in a way to find good yeah. and figure out how we're going to be good. Right. So perspective, we have control over that. So you mean even right now we're currently in this extra, we're in March, 2020 again in January, 2022. It's fucking ridiculous. But at the same time, I'm just figuring out, well, what am I, what's my next move then? Right. Like, how am I going to navigate? Because it's nothing's permanent. Nothing's forever. This shit's not going to be forever. Yep. So what am I doing now? I'm not going to sit here and wait because life is precious and time is precious. And like, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how much we time we each individually have. But I'm going to use the time that I do have to have as much fun as I can and do the shit that I love with as much of that time as possible. So that's my perspective. Yeah. I, I've just... Like, I have X amount of time. I don't know what X is. I'm still solving for X. But in the meantime, <laughs> right. let me have a great time with all of it. Because at the end of the day, what else matters? I just want to make sure I'm good, the people I care about are good, and that I'm making some sort of positive impact on the world and hopefully inspiring people to have a similar perspective and want to do shit that makes them happy and use the time that they have here wisely couldn't couldn't say it better (laughs) honestly um (laughs) no it's true those are all like such valuable things that you could apply them to anything you know in the world and i think that um, anything yeah you really could apply it to anything and and i think that that's what that's the way to get through this and yeah your reaction matters how you get up from falling down matters and your reaction to it is the thing that can be the good thing it not and, yeah. and that's when people say this is kind of good. It's like, like you said, no, our reaction is the thing that can be good. The thing can be bad, yeah. but we are reacting to it in a good way. And we are. Well, put it like it. this. Yeah. Put it like this. Hip hop was invented. Yeah. Because black people were not allowed to go to the clubs. You couldn't get into studio. <laughs> right. Couldn't get into studio. So what are you going to do? All right. Well, let's hook up some speakers and small turntables to the light posts and let's have a block party. And that begat everything that we know now. Yeah, exactly. Now look at what's happening. I mean. Now look. You know what I mean? That was made out of struggle. It wasn't made out of, yo, we don't want to go to the club. We want to be outside in the park. Like That wasn't what it was. And that that came out of a positive reaction to a negative situation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it came from a pure love 
of music and community. Yeah. And now it's and a leaning into your own strength dollar. and not worrying yeah. about anybody else. You know. Yeah, and MacGyver some shit sometimes. You know, got to MacGyver you have some to. shit. <laughs> yes, you have to be a certain I mean, age to understand that phrase. <laughs> I know. Well, I think the movie uh, MacGruber came out. Maybe they'll research it from that. But. <laughs> But yeah, MacGyver, it's true. I mean, that's how we got on Twitch was MacGyvering shit. You know what I mean? We weren't supposed to be oh on my Twitch, God. but we're on there. We MacGyvered and the fuck out of that shit. We were like Holy. OBS. We we made OBS change. We made all these companies change because we came in like, hey, we're doing this on your platform now. Yeah. So it's yeah. all about that. That comes from a sort of hip hop type of do it no matter what background too. Um, it's yeah, hip hop mentality. Yeah, hip hop mentality. Are you we, on we, Twitch? We're born and bred on. Uh, are you uh, still doing it? Currently, or? tech. I have a Twitch account still. <laughs> right. Yes, I think I still have some subscribers, which is fascinating oh, because God. I haven't streamed since I think July. Do you think they? And just I keep saying to myself. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe I don't know. And I, kidding, and if yeah. this, either way, thank y'all. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Um. I keep saying to myself, because even during the pandemic, I was like, or during, we're still in the pandemic, during the time when I was streaming, and people were asking, saying, oh, do you think you're going to not stream when things open? I was like, you know what? I feel like streaming is just going to be part of the DJ zeitgeist at this point. It's just another thing that we can do. Yeah. To say that I'm going to do it, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. And it seems as though I have not been too excited to do it. But that doesn't, that's not to say that I won't. Right. I'm just not going to do it like five times a week like I was when before. Yeah, you were on there a lot, right? I was because honestly it helped me so much. Like I can't explain to you and I know I'm not the only one, but like I cannot stress how much that helped me. Like I'm an upbeat, positive, glass glass half full kind of guy. I got really, 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 I don't want to say depressed out of like to not, be disrespectful for people who actually go through yes, depression. Totally. But like I was bummed the hell out though. I was yeah. bummed out. Like I was like, right, maybe I was a little bit depressed. I don't know. Cause there were some days that I'm like, yo, what's the point of even getting out of bed? Like, what am I doing? Yep, you know what I mean? I That's how you. I felt at certain times. And a few of my friends, most notably DJ agile from tier Toronto yeah. was like, yo man, get on Twitch, get on Twitch. trust me. Like it'll feel good. Cause I did a little bit of Instagram stuff, Instagram Live. I did a little bit of like stuff on Zoom. Some homies from the UK were doing this thing where they were doing like Zoom parties and stuff. And it was cool, but it was like the Zoom thing was actually pretty cool because you could see people and stuff. But it just always felt so weird when you turn it off and like your energy is high and then it's just you're in the room by yourself. <laughs> like that's such a mind fuck. That was weird. Yeah. And and Twitch was like that too. It's like, yo, you actually get some adrenaline going and like you're conversating with people and they're talking to each other and like yeah, it becomes true. this little community and then you turn it off and it's just like ah. I know and you look at I yourself know. and you're in a room by yourself with a camera I was like shit man so that's why I ended up being on there so much right because I was like well I need to feel something I need to feel like I'm part of something because yeah. nothing else is going on and I don't know how long this is unpre- at that time. It was unprecedented. Like we yeah. didn't know what the hell we were even dealing with. I was going to the grocery store with like a hazmat suit on, essentially. Oh my god! So, I'm wiping down every little bag coming right? in my house and thinking my right? jacket's gonna give my whole family COVID. Like you know I don't what I mean? Know what's happening? Yeah. 
like think it's so funny to think of it now, but like at I'm that like, time, I'm taking we were tongs and putting it in the dryer you know it's like i don't even know right? what the hell to think you know insanity yeah. so insanity. like it felt like i know you were on twitch too i, I know you weren't on as much as i was yeah um, i tried to make a point of doing it at least once a week um but yeah but but yeah and i i mean i want to go back now especially with everything shutting down more i'm like all right i'm gonna figure out right? a way to get back on a regular basis um because i definitely no, i feel like a it. jerk though what? I feel like a bit of a jerk, though. If I like, I feel like a bit of a jerk. Like, if somebody was asked me, no. actually, one of my homies was like, "Yo, man, get back on Twitch." A lot of DJs are getting back on there, and I'm like, "Yo," but I feel like that, you know. Like, I was like, "Nah, I don't need Twitch. I'm outside." And then it's locked down. We're like, "Hey, guys, I'm back." I don't want to be that guy. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think anybody would look at me like that. But like, I kind of feel like that. Right. So okay. I, okay. I might just pop up. I'm not going to do any announcement or anything. I'm not going to have an event. That was my I'm just going to pop up. The other day, I was like, I'm just going to turn this shit on. Just do it. And then yeah. I, I didn't even do it. But <laughs> 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 even this, but yeah, but I yeah. was like, I need to start streaming the podcast. And I was like, maybe I'll do it with Four Corners. And then we had so much shit leading up to this with like the things going wrong. I'm like, I'm not streaming yeah. this shit. Like, not it, streaming that so shit. Many, so you many know what, technical though? difficulties. Yeah, I did that though. I um I connected with DJ Alize, who is from Edmonton, Canada. He lives in Toronto now, oddly enough. Oh, okay. Um, and we did a live podcast for a, a fair portion of the oh, cool. the pando is what we called it. The pando. Um, the pandemic. We we short formed it to the pando. <laughs> um, trapping out the pando. Um, we uh, the pando. we literally had like artists on every week and we did interviews and we just like talked about current events and talked shit and nice it was cool it was cool and i don't know maybe we'll start it up again or maybe you'll do something else podcast related i don't know it's one right. of the feathers that i've picked up and put it in my cap during this time yeah but all of that really helped me get through and nice. i know again i'm not the only one yeah um i there's a few friends that i can think of in particular that like really shared a similar experience to even to a greater extent than me that like right. just spent so many hours doing it because it was a safe haven. It was a, a reason for getting out of bed and yeah. like to be able to connect with people and do something. I, I literally did it because I felt weird that I'm like, yo, I can't, I'm, I can't not DJ. Right. Like, I don't know what it feels like to not DJ for a long time. I don't DJ for a week and I feel like my hands are like, what's, what's wrong with my hands i gotta do something with my hands it's been weird so like this past few weeks like or month or whatever like i kept having all these gigs and i'm like all right i'm getting ready for this gig and then i get the call like canceled and then i get another <sighs> get the call canceled get, so i'm like all right i'm not djing for two weeks this is crazy then right? the one that was two weeks away got canceled so i'm like all right three a month oh this is nuts like so it's been weird i know like i'm like it's uh and then when I did go back and DJ and I hadn't DJed for two weeks, it felt so weird. I was like, I don't even know what music is anymore. <laughs> I felt like that. When I started streaming, yeah. I was like, I have no idea what song to play next. No idea. Every song. <laughs> it's so weird, I know. That's so Normally funny. I'm like five, six, ten songs ahead. Of I'm course. like thinking about Same. routines and things I'm gonna do. And I was like, I would play a song and I'm like, shit, three verses and I still don't know what to play next. And then I'd figure it out and play the next song. And then I'd again and again. It took me a while to get back into it because I know. Of, 
it's it's a it's a muscle you got to exercise. I guess I didn't yeah. know that. I thought I just right. It's what I do. Apparently and not and when we're live, we see a few people nodding their head and kind of know what direction to True. go in or whatever. So on there, it was a little you know different. What? You know, you are absolutely right. There's nothing to read. There's, so we literally, yeah. literally had to just. It was just a new way of thinking, we're reading but then the I got chat. to like that. Yeah, I got to like it too. <laughs> but I know it was like my friends would be like, "Yo, bro, you just talked over like ten songs," and I'm like, "Well, because I'm reading a chat and communicating with you. Like, obviously, I'm not doing that in the club, but like." Yeah, it just turned into me like on a phone call with like four hundred people. Or something. <laughs> it's so weird. You but. know what was hilarious though? I was a little concerned that when I got back in the clubs, because people had gotten so I accustomed know. to conversating with me, right, that they would think that they could do that. But then I learned quickly: the people that listen to me and watch me on Twitch are not, are not. the people that come to see me it's in the clubs. Different, yeah. And it's that's what so I was different. always saying during the pandemic. People were like, "Do you think it's going to be different? Do you think it's going to take away?" I'm like. It's different people. It's not the yeah. same people in both places for it's the most totally part. Totally different. You know, maybe people. a few yeah. Twitch people will find their way to the club, and a few club people will find their way to Twitch. But it's at different, yeah. different places. I've actually met a few people from my Twitch community across Canada when I was touring this summer because I actually did get a little bit of touring in. Yeah, just in Canada, right. and like to meet people at like. I, you're a username and like now you're a person but like we we're hugging like we were old friends it was so so strange but in a good way yeah in a like good way I genuine agree. connections genuine connections were made like when i like i sold some hoodies and stuff and like i see pictures of people that i've never met wearing the hoodie like with such pride i'm like some good shit came out of this. I, yeah. As we're saying, and I'm like, fuck, yeah. man, I got to get back on Twitch. I got to do it sometime. I know. I think I think I'm going to do it. I'm, I've been planning out maybe some other some other type of shows I could do too. Like maybe there where I'm not DJing. I wrote, I wrote out some different ideas of cool shows yeah. to interact, even from the podcasting or reviewing music or to, you know what I used to do on this podcast was go over songs with the DJ from the twenty playlist. And we right. would go over all these songs, but, you know, copyright issues have uh, thwarted that. Oh, is that <laughs> why you don't do it anymore? Yeah, they, the, the podcast companies and everyone were like, you can't play music you don't own. We're going to pull the podcast down. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I just cut that part out, turned it into an interview show. Um, the only place you. we'd probably legally be able to put it up would be Mixcloud, which thank God for Mixcloud. But that's the yeah. only place that we could legally have it up. So we're just like, let's just cut that out. But I've been thinking it could be cool to incorporate that or have a so offshoot maybe show on Twitch where it's just that. And we're going over the songs and talking yeah. about it. Because well, um, I love to know, like, what are you playing? What are you into? What's big in Toronto? You know, like, it, it's cool exactly. for me to, to learn about the music like that. Well, I feel like as much as there are, like, quote-unquote copyright threats on Twitch... Mm -hmm. It's still pretty Wild West. Yeah, you can do it on Twitch. It was more just like yeah. they don't want it on Apple uh, Podcasts, right. Spotify, like all these companies that are official and they're trying to become these big podcast networks. Right, right. Um, and the people yeah, that we post. Podcasting is big business, man. Yeah, it's yeah. getting bigger po and bigger. Podcasting is big business. They, it's, it's just like when, uh, we're, I'm going to age myself again, like when uh, Napster and yeah. LimeWire and all that shit, like when you start digging in their pockets is when they start to get upset. Yeah. Like when it starts getting too big. So that's what happened. Yeah. I think over the pandemic, they realized even you saw Instagram taking people down and yeah, it just became more, more known, even though they're tripping because we're all going to be wanting to share music with each other in digital format 
one way or another. I mean, you see it on TikTok, like we said back at the beginning, but that's the best way to do it at this point, and everybody's figuring out ways to do it on there. So you yeah, got to let they us do it. just want their piece, that's all. Yeah. They just want their piece. Right. They, they want, want their piece. Like, TikTok has it figured out that, yeah. well, you can put the song in and you can actually tag the song and then it yep. goes to then they log the streams and all that and it's part of the machine right they want to be they want their they want their cut right <laughs> it's what it is yeah that's true um so, i don't know we'll, what, we'll adapt what we'll about uh like um i don't know if this is a stereotypical toronto question but any drake stories <laughs> performing <laughs> with drake drake at the game drake asking for something um, weird i have <laughs> I have a lot of Drake stories. Oh wow, I've, a I've lot. Known, okay, I've known. Yeah, well, I've known the boy since like before ever, anyone cared about him at all. Okay, like I was, I've been like right here for the whole come up, and it's really, really strange to um, be anywhere with him and watch how people react. Right, because it's like it's not real life. It's so like. There's different types of fame. You live in LA. I know you know this. You see like famous people all the time, but like there's levels to the shit. Yes. You know what I mean? For sure. So like you might see, you might see, you know, Tyler, the creator riding his bike down Fairfax and nobody's going crazy, but let that be Bieber. And it's a different story. Yes. Drake is like, you know what I mean? Drake is that like if it's Angelina Jolie is somewhere like people are like, oh my God, she's here. Like Drake is like that. Oh, and it's weird, and I'm like, at this point, because his music never leaves anywhere at this point, too. You know, so. never. Yeah, and it's like, in some respects, like, don't get me wrong, Drake is fine, just like everybody else who's like on a su- supreme level of fame. They're great, but like, watching it and watching people react, I was like, I can't imagine how that. That's got to feel so strange that like you can't even like, you can't even think about picking your nose. Like you can't do anything because people are just fixated on you just because you're there right and like their phones are out and like everything in them is just like what's he gonna do he's like he's gonna sit down he's gonna hold a glass he's gonna take a sip what are you gonna do (laughs) (laughs) right exactly so like here's an example i um did uh i did the f1 in abu dhabi a few years ago i tell uh, there's there's aspects of this story that there's like so many things happened this week but it was drake was performing okay um and at the and at he was hosting and performing at the club that i was playing at right and he was supposed to do two nights he 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 was he got there early the first night he was not supposed to be there okay he slipped in the back chilling in the back whatever like everything was cool had a little conversation he was just like yeah well whatever people didn't know he was there yeah the second and third night he's supposed to host and and perform the second night it was so much chaos that he couldn't even get into the building like there was no way to safely get him in wow people were like pressed up against the the stage the walls the doors the elevator everything was just chaos and it was this side of a venue like not a stadium, it's like a club. Right. The second night, they had to put like concert barricades, like festival barricades. Oh my God. In front of the, the area, like the walkway from the back to, and like line it up with security. It was ridiculous. And I'm like, we're in Abu Dhabi. And this is how he's like being, like, this That's- is not real life. He doesn't live a real life at this point. 
Right, right. Like that's that's, that's a level of fame. Next that he, level. Like, same with Bieber. Like, I've been around Bieber and, like, just watching people, like, lick dirt trying to freaking climb and crawl and do whatever they can to get near the guy. Wow. It's just so strange. It's so such strange. a strange type of fame. I aspire, the highest level of fame I aspire to is DJ producer fame. It's awesome. Right. Like, doesn't matter who, like, name the biggest DJ producer in the world, in your opinion. They live regular lives. Right, right. You know what I mean? Maybe not at the festival, but they can still go to the grocery store. Yeah. And, like, it's not that. Right. No, Drake's not going to Whole Foods. No. <laughs> he's he's not able to. He's, like, he's literally a prisoner of his own fame in some respects. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's there's a lot of great things that come with that, but there's, like, negative things. And I'm not singling him out. I'm saying, like, that level of fame is really strange. But because I've seen and, and been part of his come up, it's, like, really, really interesting to see, like, how it was versus how it is. Yeah. Yeah, that is super interesting. Yeah, um it's... That's crazy. Well... Okay, good Drake story. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> and and as far as and like, ours, he, I'll tell you, oh, yeah. I'll tell you one more Drake oh, story. That, like, let's do it. If you add add a, I remember when Blueface first was starting to bubble. Yeah. Um, and like Tatiana was not even like a, a thought in his mind yet. Yeah, it was like I can't remember. He can't even remember. Like he was just starting to bubble. I was like, people are just starting to talk about this Blueface guy. I'm like, who the hell is Blueface? I checked it out. I was like, oh my god, his music. I don't like this. <laughs> So I have no blue face in my in my Serato. And at a game, we're like down to the wire, super close game. Drake messages me. He's like, yo, play blue face. We'll win. I'm like, dude, I can't play. I, I know people don't tell you no a lot, but like, I can't. Like, You're like that's not happening. It's just, it's just not possible. We won anyway, so it was fine. But okay, good. I remember that like, he was the first person to re- request blue face. Wow. And I was like, I don't understand why people like this guy so much. Then Tatia came out and I was like, okay, this song's okay. Well, but he's Drake still like seems a, to always be super in tune with whatever the new thing and, you know, he jumps on it. He really, really is. Like, yeah. I remember, like, it's interesting now that he signed Smiley. I remember exactly. a few years ago, he posted a video of him, like, rapping along to a Smiley mixtape record. Okay. And I remember that we were all so shocked because, like, we know Smiley, but, like, we're like, holy shit, Drake's... Right. Fucking with Smiley? Like, like that? Like, this is like, he was super underground at the time. Yeah. Like, super underground. Like, you would definitely have not heard of Smiley. You had to be, like, within a certain radius within the city. Not even the whole city knew about Smiley at that time. Right. And Drake was friggin' in, I don't know, some pool somewhere rhyming these these, this, these bars. <laughs> some pool somewhere. And skip ahead. Yeah, and skip ahead. He signed Smiley and did a record with him. So I'm like, yeah. shit, man. That Drake is... He really keeps his, his, his ear to the street. Right. Like yeah, very, very, like very, very keenly. I think that's what helps him stay in the mix, too, along with the fact that making oh, amazing music. But he's always with the younger people coming up. Have you noticed he always, like, finds that next artist and of collaborates course. with them? Yeah. And makes their, their, their hot song his hot yep. song? And he's the next really good at that. type of music, even the next genres uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, definitely. I think that's a that's a smart thing people should pay attention to. Um, yeah. So, all in all, Drake is doing okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing all right. right. He's he's, he's okay. He's <laughs> weathering the pandemic pretty all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Um, 
<laughs> what about um you know i mean we've been talking for a while so we'll probably get out of here pretty soon but um i wanted to ask you probably one or two more questions and then had some stuff from the internet that people sent in yeah. but um as far Absolutely. as you know we referenced your name in the beginning being four corners and i know that comes from correct me if i'm wrong the four corners of the world you wanting to travel you wanting to really make your name all over the place and perform and dj everywhere exactly um where are some of the places that you've enjoyed all over the world or some of your favorite places or one of them that you've just had an incredible time? Oh, man. You know what? People often ask me, yo, what's your favorite place <laughs> you've ever needed? What's the best place? And I, I cannot right. answer that with one. It have to be the one. top. I guess just it, Definitely not. Them, like, you know, you ask them. me you exactly. ask me some of them because you yes. know better. Exactly. A I lot can't of people ask me, either. yo, what's... <laughs> exactly. Um, I really, really, really love Tokyo. Yeah. I think that like it's another one of those places where you can wander into some bar that has three tables and they'll have a dope DJ. Yep. Like every DJ in Tokyo seems to be dope. I have yet to hear a, a trash DJ there. It's crazy, like, right? Like, so good. Yeah. So and like good. not just technically good, but also like mute like they know songs. And I'm like, how the hell do you know this? <laughs> Friggin' Amory B side. No. And like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, what? I don't know. It's that Japanese so, attention to detail or something. <laughs> if they love something, if they like something, they love it and they live it. Yeah. That's, I love that about there. Um, Me I too. mentioned Amsterdam. Amsterdam's great. Yeah. Um, Marrakesh oh, is wow. awesome. Dope. Um, where else? Um, I mean, London is one of my favorite places. I, I before too. the pandemic, I had a, a residency, a monthly residency in London uh, that I was like flying over there every month, and I was always so excited to go. Their their scene is incredible. They have so much dope music, so such a scene, just such a great city. Right. So much going on there, but like the music, man, the music, like yeah, they have stadium status artists that people here don't know who the hell they are. Right, and that's. Right. Amazing. And they're just open-minded to things over there that they're not here. At, yeah. You know, it's just, it's a yeah. fun place to be a DJ. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I enjoy LA. I played at Bootsy Bellows a few times and have had some, some good nights out there. Nice. Um, and a place that I've never played, but I kind of would like to play. I know they would not pay me a lot because they probably don't pay DJs very much, but good times at Davy Wayne's. Oh, in there? L.A., that place where you walk in through, yeah. like, the vending machine? Through the freezer. Oh, yeah, through yeah, the freezer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those places. I love that uh, place. Yeah, it's really dope. I know who, you know, yeah, they're not paying huge prices to DJs, but it is a fun place to play. Open-minded crowd. You play all types of stuff. Yeah. Really dope designed places. Because they have other places, too, where you walk in through a closet and you end up in a Cuban you know, bar, and then they, they like. Oh, do they? Does that? Do they own different speakeasies and stuff? Is it the same? Them. Like, yeah, a group? all over LA. Yeah, ah, Houston Brothers. So they have um, dope. Black Rabbit Rose, where it's this crazy magician thing, and like, and then they have No Vacancy, and then they have um, Madam. Oh, Siam. No Vacancy's them. Okay, I yeah, know that and they one. have on the um, on the record Las Vegas is their place too. Oh, that's them too. Yeah. Shit. So it's that okay. same kind of thing, and they have a secret vinyl room in there that you got to get into, and and so the good time, Davy Wayne. I mean, I, I guess I'm 99 percent sure I'm right that they own all those places, but <laughs> okay. if if I'm wrong, someone hit me up. But yeah, they hey. they have those secret like they have this place called La Descarga, and you walk in and you there's just you're in a tiny little room, and a girl is writing on a 
desk like she's working on something she looks up at you and you're like oh shit i'm in the wrong place and she's like what, <laughs> what you know what are you doing you're like oh sorry i'm trying to go to la descarga and she goes oh go in there and points at this tiny closet and you open the closet and there's just a bunch of clothes and you're like what am i doing and you move the clothes and you see a stairwell oh, man. You walk down the stairwell and you're in this amazing you feel like you're in miami or something and there's like a band playing like cuban music and i mean and the okay. coolest bar you've ever seen all right <laughs> i'm 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 gonna figure out how to get back to la very soon i love speakeasies and you just described like a whole bunch of them that i gotta come check oh you out. gotta check all those that one sounds yeah. amazing there's one in downtown that, that they don't own amazing. that's like more like a japanese type one with these japanese whiskeys and all vinyl too that i went to right before the pandemic Sick. and uh yeah when you come back Sick. We will do an in-person interview, yes. and I will take you to all these fun places. So. And we'll <laughs> deal, eat good food. Deal, too. deal, deal, <laughs> deal. Oh, hell yeah. I'm I don't, I don't know what I kind of food you love, but I, I can take care of you, whatever you need. A lot. Okay. A lot. A lot. <laughs> but yeah, man, there's a lot of great places in the world that I like. Traveling is like the life hack of my life. Yeah. Like, they have this whole shit for me. And um, yeah, I've been able to like go and experience different cultures and food and places and playing dope spots so like i there's a lot that i can like singapore i really like asia now that I, i'm like yeah. mentioning it because like i'm about to say singapore shanghai taipei like <laughs> all of it okay really really dope um but yeah i've, I've had since and it's barcelona barcelona is like my favorite place oh wow amazing well, I, I might be able. I might be going there more for my son's soccer playing than my DJing soon. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yo, any excuse, any reason to go to Barcelona is a good reason. Trust yeah, me. I know. I'll try to get man. some gigs, and he'll go play some games, and we'll be together. <laughs> exactly. There you go. There you go. Um, all right, let's hit some of these internet questions. Kind of a little power yes. hour, let's power session, and then. Uh, and then let's go. Um, all right, let's see. We got some of them I think are just jokes and some of them are real. But uh, <laughs> we got DJ Vic Vibes just wrote, is it hip to be square? Uh, I don't know. Is that an inside joke? or? But, um, no, I think that's just a play on the four corners of the square. Oh, God. Hardy, okay, okay. har, har. All right, Vic Vibes. I didn't even understand and the answer it. Is that, then the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Vic. Um, all right, Massalicious wants to know what is the process for your mixtapes, and also I can tell Massalicious is also not a very young person because they said mixtapes. Yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> they didn't just say mixes; they said mixtapes. I had someone write into this this podcast once, and they asked me, "Why do you guys always say mixtapes? What does that even mean? <laughs> what is a mixtape?" And I go, "Oh," and I tried to explain. They go. So you mean a mix, like a DJ mix? And I was like, yeah, we used to like put them on tapes. And they're like, what's tape? I'm like, a cassette. Like, a like I was like, oh, my God. I'm yeah. having to explain like, mix tape. So cute. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, my process for making mixtapes. Um, <laughs> honestly, my, it's fucking funny. My, my process has always been, if there's a process, start with energy. Yeah. Like, I was... I know different DJs have different um, ways about it. I always like start high, yeah, and let it, and then it smooths out at the end, right? If that's if there's any method to my madness when it comes to mixtapes, <laughs> that would be the thing. Other than that, okay. I just like to introduce new music and like new right. sounds. And I was always one that would um, 
I know I, some of the OGs were like called me like a. I know I was I was not in high favor with the purists because <laughs> I didn't do my mixtapes live all the time. Like I like to do edits and like right. chop things up and like do some crazy shit that's just not possible. Especially back then when we had no mixers with cue points. Right. Um. But I that's exciting to me to be able to like just do crazy shit. Yeah. Because I guess that was like the earliest version of me producing but right and creativity i mean i see it with your tiktok yeah. with all of it you love just kind of diving in and finding all the tools and incorporating i like it. to try shit yeah i like to try shit so like that's what i was doing very very early on one of my like early mixtapes that started i started making a name for myself was called the mashup theory it was during that era nice and i called it bangers the mashup theory bangers and mash yes and <laughs> the classic I actually put English a picture breakfast. Yeah, and I put, and it's disgusting. So I put a picture <laughs> of Bangers and Mash on it, and it just looks so gross. Like, I found the grossest picture I could find and <laughs> use that in the artwork. And people were like, ew, but it's dope, though. Yeah. Okay. And um, that was, like, around the time when I was really trying to drive home that I'm like, yo, I know I'm a black DJ, but I don't just play hip-hop. Because it started to get like that. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen that experience, seen any anybody experience like yeah. That there was a time when like especially here in Toronto, I wasn't touring yet. It was like really early in my career. But it was difficult for me and my partner to get to play in certain clubs because call it what it is, racism. They were yeah. like, "Well, we are not sure about the crowd you'll bring or like shit like that." It was like, "Well, you're saying that you don't want a lot of the black people to be here." <laughs> That's fucked up. Right. But we're going to, but like, give us time. We'll be here. And like, I just, me and him at the time just like went on this crusade of, okay, well, let's not play. We have to literally not play at a bunch of hip hop clubs and parties for a time to like distance ourselves from the perception of whatever. Right. To get our foot in the door. And then we brought everybody (laughs) did that shit. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's but, crazy. No, that um, obviously that, that's yeah. still a big problem in our world, uh, you know, and especially in the yeah. nightlife, in the DJ world as a whole, and music industry. And, um, yeah, yeah. All right, that that's that's a that's a great story. Um, let's see, Quinn Dudley, favorite Toronto venue other than Scotiabank. <laughs> um. <laughs> I will say, I know it's right. That's my residency. Yes. Um, I, the best Toronto venue, I'm going to go all time. It's not there anymore, but the government nightclub. Do you know about the government? Yeah, yeah, I remember that place. Legendary, legendary venue. I cut my teeth in that place. Like that place, I was a Saturday night resident in like the smallest room in the club. But this was like a mega club that had like nine rooms. Right. And every room had a different DJ and a different sound every Saturday night. And it went from like 10 p.m. to like 7 a.m. And the main room had like a headlining dance DJ every week. Right. So it would be Benny Benassi and then Sasha, then Infected Mushroom, then Geta, then like anyone you could think of would be there every Saturday. And that's I really learned about dance music in that building. That's, That's my favorite club of all time. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, I went there a couple times. I think during like Toronto Film Festival or something, they'd have some crazy after party thing. I'd show up there. Like, oh, this yeah. This is huge. Everybody's here. Yeah. 
It was crazy. It was really, really crazy. It was a time. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. Um, all right, Vlats, the editor of our videos and someone who's been with Vlats, this podcast hey. since the beginning, and he does DJ City Latino, and he's just one of the best people ever, um, asked a question that we already basically answered, but I didn't want to ignore him. He said, when are you coming to L.A. <laughs> to visit the Beat Source DJ City office? I mean, oh, we know soon, you know, as soon as you I can. Even, I, I have not even been to the new office yet. Last time I was there. Not was a lot of people have. It's like. Right, because, yeah, it's like shit shut down. We opened right before it shut yeah. down. So, I mean, I met yeah. at the holiday party a couple weeks ago. I met, you know, the Latin curator, like all these people that had never been there before. You know, we'd never met each other. Wow. A lot of people had never even met each other. So Not yeah. in person, just like, you know, of each other online and shit. Yeah, but had never hung, you know, we all went bowling and we're like yeah. eating and drinking, you know. So, so yeah, and people had never <laughs> seen the office crazy. and it's crazy. I mean, we just started doing podcasts again there. And now I wonder, can we go back and do it again or I'm going to make everyone get tested? Oh, I don't know man. what the hell. Um, I am planning like the earliest opportunity that I get. And like yeah. traveling to the States from Canada right now is not the most difficult thing right but it's a little bit iffy in terms of returning because of the protocols and like the isolating and all that kind of stuff and during the basketball season i just don't have i can't risk yeah that normally i would like really really cut like i would fly back from europe on a day that i have a game get home drop my bag and go straight to the stadium i would do that all the time i can't do anything like that right now because if something happens and i then I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not able to go to the game. That's a big problem. So right. For now, I'm not, like, even when I went to Jamaica a few weeks ago, I was, like, a little bit concerned. Yeah. I left a buffer of, like, two days, but I was still, like, kind of right. concerned. Yeah, but Thankfully, sure. it worked out. Damn. So, uh, as we're in severe lockdown right now, I don't know, but, like, I hope to, I'm going to put it out there and let's say uh, I'll be in L.A. in, like, February, March. Okay. I'm Probably that. March. Yeah. Probably seems much. like yeah. It seems like when things start warming up again, this is when we'll be yeah safely going around and doing. I stuff. think so. I hope so. I hope so too. I hope so. Um, all right, we got a couple more. Um, I don't know if this is a big long story or what, but um, I also don't. Sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong um, because it's all one word and I don't know where the break in the names <laughs> where are. The break but is. I think it's. Tama Liviero or Tamal Viero? I don't know. But thank you for asking the question. They said, why did you separate from your DJ partner? Ah, that's, a, that's an interesting question. S- most simple answer I can give, and this is something that will ring home with anybody who's in the music business, this shit is not for everybody. Right. It's It's... It has its ups, but it has its downs. And, um, like, realistically, I actually had three partners. When Four Corners was, like, conceived in my mind, I thought of it as a crew. And I roped in some of my friends and my cousin because I thought, well, if you're going to have a DJ crew, you should have a crew. Like, that's how, that's what DJ, DJs were crews. Yeah. Within my mind. Right. Um, And those guys didn't last a week because they didn't really... It was my idea, not their idea. Yeah. But the partner that um, I really was with for a long time used to go by the name of Short Circuit. He was my MC. Um, he's not in the business anymore. Right. Is the, the simple yeah. answer. It's like it's, it's it's not easy to like 
dedicate your life to this and it's not for everybody so yeah it's true. in the he had some fun we traveled the world we did a lot of things but in the long run um i guess it wasn't for him and he's doing other things yeah all right that makes sense um and final question from andre 905 the edit master hey. himself um he said um who are your favorite djs and who is your favorite toronto raptor <laughs> um i guess that could be all time I, yeah i'll do all time rather than current roster because yeah. then like you know let's go all favorite time. raptor of all time vince carter yeah that, that guy good. changed everything there's actually a documentary i don't know if you know about it if you don't you should watch it okay. called the carter effect yeah and it is documentary chronicling how vince carter's impact on pop culture because of what he did when he was with toronto wow how that affected the city and the culture and like oh amazing in some ways was like the 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 thing that started the ball rolling for there to be a drake as an example right right oh that's incredible he was really that pivotal oh i want to watch that like one of the main things that he did is he partnered with a guy here and opened the first bottle service club in canada Oh, wow. I don't even know if there was bottle service outside of France at that point. Right. And they brought that vibe. And, um, yeah, it changed everything. So Vince Carter, definitely. My favorite DJs? um, I feel like it's going to be cliche if I say the regular usual suspects because, like, everybody loves Jeff. Everybody loves A-Track. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're the greatest of our time. We know that. Yeah. Um, But... I can name like some DJs that maybe are like unsung heroes that I think are incredible. Okay. Um, there's a DJ out of Brussels, Belgium, named DJ Psar, P S A R. Oh yeah. He's a really good friend of mine, but hands down one of the best DJs that I've ever seen, and I've seen over the years. Like I've, he's one of the first people to ever bring me to Europe. That guy knows how to read a room, like not many, and I think that that's. I think that's probably the most the thing that I'm most impressed with with DJs is their ability to like control a crowd and read a room because yeah. like technical skills yeah if you spend all day cutting and scratching you can get really good at it if you you know have access to the internet you can get a lot of songs but to be able to like take those songs and take elements of DJing and and also adapt and like read a room and get on the mic and talk shit and you know they might not even understand the language you're speaking but yeah you can get them going and stuff like that shit is is really big to me so he's definitely one of them um there's a dj out of spain named jk j-e-k-e-y okay former like tableist turned club dj super sick super super sick nice the dj from amsterdam named wax fiend super sick just like just selection, ability to read the crowd, technically so, so tight. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of DJs. I know I said earlier it takes a lot for a DJ to impress me. That's not exactly true because I, I know a lot of DJs that are, like, so, so inspirational to yeah. me because they do, what, they do what I do but their way. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? And, like, that's my favorite thing about DJs. That's why probably reading the crowd and, and like, showing new music and stuff i think that that's those are the things that i really really rate because it's like 
I couldn't do that because I'm not from there. So I don't know this music, but the way you're doing it, holy, you know what I mean? Right. Like yes. that kind of thing. I think that like being able to just move people, being able to connect with people and like make it happen. Yeah. That's that shit. Anybody can play the hot records, but if you can take a room and like, you know, there's a DJ Ike from London. Okay. Every time I see this guy play, he's like playing real hip hop rooms and he'll throw in this, this random Brazilian track. And I'm like, yo, Shazam. Like, what the <laughs> hell is this? And you made it work. Like you made, and he didn't just throw in this random thing that he likes. He made it work. Like people that were just dancing to Migos are dancing to this Brazilian song. And then he goes into like French Montana or something like that. And it makes sense. Like right. those, those types of things are really, really, really dope. And then I can't even begin to start naming DJs from Canada. There's so many that are, out of this world right so many no those that was an amazing list i don't even know all those people so honestly good list for me to look people up and i'm always looking for new yeah, djs to have on out. here like i want to continue to you know expose people to new djs on here have dope inspirational djs they know about and so the list goes on i would love to connect you with a couple of the guys that i just mentioned please because they're that's the thing. They're all from different parts of the world. Yeah. And like I their love. experience is so different. Their come up is so different. Some of the stories that they've told me, I'm like, yo, that's, I don't even understand because right. like I'm from Toronto and we had access to certain things that you're telling me that there was literally no access. You had to like get on a plane to go buy records and shit. Like that's, that's nuts. Uh, like some of these guys are like, yo, we had to like drive to London to go get hip hop magazines. Right. Wow. <laughs> like, that doesn't even make sense to me. Right. But, Crazy. That's their that's their experience. So like I would love to connect you with a few of these guys. Oh yeah, please. Like, yeah, I need to I need to really, start asking really. the guests who they want on the show at the end of every episode because yeah. that'll help me uh yeah. figure out new definitely. New people. I so, got you, bro. List. I, I I'm you. so like I, I always seek out in like what we call it among us, and you're definitely one is like uh, one of us. Uh, like thanks. a certain type of yeah, certain type of DJ music lover, like curator totally. of the culture. I agree. Like, you know, when you meet somebody, you're like, okay, that guy's one of us or she's one of us. Like, yes. that's these guys that I'm talking about. Yep. And yourself, sir. <laughs> one of us. Thank you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, well, I mean, it's it's an honor to be in that, you know, crew of people. But I know exactly what you're saying. You just meet somebody. You're like, all right, we're 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 same same page, 100%. Yeah, and I know you're yep. gonna like these DJs and this music and fun to share music exactly. with you exactly and all that exactly. Um, well, shit. Before we get out of here, you have any last words for the DJs listening? Either words of encouragement or things to promote or just saying whatever you want before we get out of here. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've promoted a lot of my shit, but if you want to know anything about me, um, Four Corners number four corners with a K. Just Google that shit or fourcorners.com right. or you can find me. I'm not that hard to find on the internet. Just type in Four Corners. I I, I live on the internet a lot. <laughs> and um, beyond that, just like to reiterate some of what I said earlier, is like yeah. if you if you love something and whether it's DJing or anything else, do your best to figure out a way to do those things with more of your time than not. Because we're not here to go to work nine to five doing something we hate to go out drinking on the weekend and then start all over again. That's that ain't it. That right. ain't it. I did that. I did that earlier in life. Not really, but like a little bit. I right. had, I had, I have had some day jobs. Yeah. They were never the vibe. They were never the, 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 
the thing that I woke up in the morning excited to do. But I'm like 20 years deep in being self-employed and I still wake up every morning excited to go to work. And I would love for everybody to feel that way. I think that that's, I think that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not a uh, billionaire, but I'm, I consider myself extremely rich and wealthy in life experience and quality of life. And I wish that for everybody. So go for what you love, go for what you want and just like, don't let anybody tell you you can't. It's perfect. Four corners. (laughs) Dropping gems. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. So good. Oh man. Thank you you, so much for having me. uh, I need that other music, dude. The one, it's from when the guy like tells people to get out of the store or whatever. (laughs) Oh, what do you mean? You mean this? (laughs) You talk about this? (laughs) Super good. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, we don't have a bathroom here. You, you, you don't, you don't need to apply. I'll give you an application if you want to go to the bathroom here. I'm just a nine to five worker. Oh my god! I need that music. TikTok so man, TikTok <laughs> too good. Well, yo, Four Corners, Toronto represent, worldwide represent. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully. We'll be shaking hands in person soon and eating food yes. and breaking bread and having a good time. Um, Absolutely. I bro. hope Toronto opens up soon. So let's keep each other posted. And thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate you. All right. Talk to you soon. Peace. Yes, brother. Peace. All right. Thank you to Four Corners for coming on the show and sharing all of that knowledge. And really, it was so fun for me to get to know him a lot better. Uh, The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week and every week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.